This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by ComicBookClick.com. That's it, people. ComicBookClick.com is the one stop for all things Comic Book Click, our merchandise, our articles, and every single episode of the Major Issues Podcast. Visit ComicBookClick.com and remember, you, yes, you are worthy. out there in comic book land my name is george serrano aka the don and if you're listening to this you can only be here for one reason and it's a brand new episode of the major issues podcast brought to you by comicbookclick.com and as always i am never alone sir please introduce yourself i am dan the comic book man everybody dan the comic book man is here i think he has co-hosted more episodes in 2020 than any other co-host he was really killing it but we're not alone we're joined by a special guest, sir. Can you please introduce yourself? Hey, my name is Alex. But y'all can call me B Roke or B. Happy to be here. Thank you, thank you. B Roke is here via satellite. We're keeping our social distancing. 2020 was a crazy year, but B Roke is here with me and Dan, the comic book man, to discuss the best and the worst to come out of 2020. I think that it's going to be really easy to come up with the worst. There was a lot of there was a lot of stuff going on in 2020, but we're also going to try to go through some of the best, some of the bright spots in an otherwise sort of kind of bleak year. Um, Dan, you know we have for a very long time had the Witches Worst series, so we're used to looking at silver linings in Always. the in the very very uh bleak bleak darkness so hopefully we can do so uh, again this time especially with b rogue here uh let's start first and foremost with the feature films of 2020 we were promised at least 35 feature films originally in the year 2020 films like black widow and like venom 2 and like morbius Marvel was going to show sides of itself we've never seen before, but all of that was pushed to the wayside. The only uh, publisher to really get their name out in 2020, as far as feature films are concerned, is DC Comics. Um, and they started the year with Birds of Prey or uh, Harley Quinn and the... What is it? Harley Quinn and the Phantasm... Fantabulous? For Harley Quinn and the Mask of the Phantasm or something. But... <laughs> uh, B. Roke... How did you feel about the first entry of comic book films in 2020, Birds of Prey, uh, starring Margot Robbie and seemingly no one else? Um, hey, 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 hey. Don't insult <laughs> Rosie insult Perez. I'll put Rosie no, Perez no, up there. No, no, no. Uh, I, it's, it, I'm upset with myself. I can't remember her name Mary right now. Elizabeth but, uh, she, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Do not know sleep were, on her. I already know what you're Despite the fact that the movie itself seemed to not know what to do with Huntress, uh... Yeah, the the movie was an absolute disaster overall. Uh, they, there was no reason to have Margot Robbie as this tentpole figure for this movie. The the three other characters in the movie, uh, Renee Montoya played by Rosie Perez, Marie uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead playing Huntress, and I uh, what's her name Smuye. I know she's related to the Smuye family. Uh, she her playing uh, right her playing Black Canary. All three of those characters were more interesting to me than uh, Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. It there felt was, like there was two movies they just kind of mushed together. <laughs> you, uh, when two two movies, three three uh, or yeah, four movies yeah, in there. That's fair. I remember when DC first came out with its movie slate. 
they had things like a Harley Quinn untitled film and a Birds of Prey film and a Gotham City Sirens film. And it felt like they were just like, can we make that all one movie? You think? You think we can just push them all? They're all girls, right? Like, they're all women. We could, I guess women, we could just stick them all together in the same movie and be done with it. And it sucks because the Birds of Prey are an incredibly uh, popular trio in the comics. And they're kind of badass in their own right. You know, characters like... Uh, Black Canary are OG Justice League members, you know? And so to go from that to this felt a little bit lackluster. Very lackluster. Dan, do you have anything to say about Birds of Prey? Uh, oh, you got everybody, oh, you guys are going to laugh about this. So I actually uh, pre-ordered my tickets of Birds of Prey like a week beforehand. Uh-huh. I don't know. I, it, was, it was $7 tickets, matinee. Didn't really care. It was going to be for like a Saturday, like 12 o'clock in the afternoon. The on my way to see the movie in theaters, about two hours prior, I just didn't want to see it. I was like, nah, you know what? <laughs> I actually I don't have any reason, any interest to go see this movie, so I ended up getting my money back. I asked for a refund, wow. and they gave me a re- and they gave me a refund, and I ended up just pirating it on one two three movies. A couple of like two hours later, I ended up finding a link for one, two, three movies. I was like, I'm not wait- I'm not going to the movies. I'm not wasting this mo- my money on this. It's but you, you eventually ended up seeing it, didn't you? Review it with me. We did. We reviewed it, but I just like with Bloodshot, I watched both. I uh, pirated both of those. I didn't. I didn't put my money to see them. Dan, you are on the interwebs right now. People could hear this and arrest you. You know that? I can find your IP address, and I'm not even sponsored by NordVPN or anything. <laughs> oh no! Whoa! Whoa! No! 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 <laughs> Oh crap! Uh, Birds of Prey, yeah, man, it was just it was rough. Um, films don't usually come out in February or January because that's like a dead zone for <laughs> brand new films. Uh, Deadpool, the first one was able to kill it around Valentine's Day in a weird way that I guess they thought this could copy uh, or emulate. Uh, the Harley Quinn character is very different than Deadpool, but for some reason they keep leaning towards that as inspiration, and um, it's really obvious that. You know, they don't really have any ideas when it comes to that character. Margot Robbie, incredibly talented, gorgeous uh, woman and and talented uh, actress. But it's unfair to put the weight of the rest of the DCEU on her shoulders. I don't know. I was did they see Suicide Squad and was just like, oh, my God, this 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 was just this. Well, that's 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 what it felt like. I mean, the the movie cop has ever since the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie, it seems like. Uh, films like this and Suicide Squad and even even some Marvel properties have just, and, and Deadpool have just moshed together uh, casts as well as like classic 80s or classic rock soundtracks and think that's all you need to make a movie, it sometimes seems. Right. And this is another one of those swing and a misses because the most memorable parts of this movie, like I said, were not, e- were not even the title character. Oh, let's not even forget about the fact that they slapped the name Cassandra Kane on this worthless actress. Oh, much like the, yeah. uh, 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 that was just a waste of time. Um, well, they needed a a a, ad- a chubby adolescent, foul mouthed person because that's what it was in Deadpool too. So exactly, <laughs> and honestly, and that fell short to me as well. So one of the things that we uh, talked about in our review is that while Ewan McGregor looks like he was having a time of his life and he's actually one of the better parts of the film, supposedly when they went through, uh, like one of the directions given to Mr. McGregor. Oh, I remember when we cut, when you told me about this. I got angry. <laughs> one of the directions given to him was to deliver a Sam Rockwell-like performance. So why didn't they just get Sam Rockwell? And if you look back at that Black Mask performance, you can see Sam Rockwell. In that, that is all Sam Rockwell. That is all yeah. Yeah, that's Sam a, that, Rockwell. That, that, that you hit it on the head with that one. Yeah, that's 
maybe Sam was too busy trying to squeeze himself into the next <laughs> Iron Man movie. That's what it was. Or yeah, they're getting him ready for something. And so they were like, well, but but then you like you can't you can't get a comedy and then just get a different comedian and go just do Sandler. Like that that's that's somebody's trademark and for such, the entire film was trying to fit a square uh peg into a round hole. And yeah, that, that big was, time. That was not great. Um, and then taking a square peg and hitting it with a uh, mallet is bloodshot because no one asks for bloodshot, even though Valiant has put out some amazing comics. I don't know why they didn't go Ninjak first, but they uh, they decided to let Vin Diesel headline his own comic book uh, film. And I, I dare I say franchise, bro. I think if it would have made money, they would have tried to pump this for as much as they could have. Um, were you able to see Bloodshot, and what did you think of the film? I did see it. Well, not all of it, honestly. Let me let me stop myself. I did see all of some of it because I couldn't get through it. Uh, the <laughs> property, the property of Bloodshot, is actually a pretty interesting character. However, when you basically take a guy whose two biggest roles have required him to say maybe a total of ten words, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then make try to make him into this uh, compelling actor whose backstory, like I said again, in the comic books is very intriguing. It just it fell short. It, it fell so short. It was uh, it felt like a two thousands movie that was coming out now. The the graphics on it were terrible. I would have much preferred just to see um, uh, Jason David Frank continue to play the the character rather than see Vin Diesel play the character. They were it trying was, to capture Chronicles good. of Riddick. They were really trying to scratch, capture that same magic of Pitch Black and Chronicles of Riddick, and Vin Diesel wasn't even that, that mean, good in that movie. Would you even? even I was say, would you even call that magic? No, like, no. Was, like, those I don't movies know. weren't even that good. You know, uh, it, it, they're fine. I'm not going to slander the man's career because he's obviously found a niche. You know, he's found a Vin Diesel thing, and they will continue to give him Vin Diesel-like roles. But this was supposed to be the start of something bigger, an entire publishing universe that we didn't know about this could have started everything you know brand new and they should have started it with a brand new actor but i get the whole idea of like you know a robert downey jr we're going to try to get him to do the mcu uh, tom cruise we're going to get try to do the dark universe and i've been but again vin diesel like they really couldn't uh uh it's a lot what do you think like a, like i would have loved to have seen maybe even like carl urban tackle the character Somebody, some, you know, not not a huge name, but a name people know, and the guy can act. I mean, and the guy has such respect for for playing characters. When he played Dread in that last in, in the Dread movie, he was the actor who said, "No, I, I'm going to leave my helmet on because Judge Dread doesn't take his helmet off." Ah, so stuff, you know, stuff like that. It, it makes like I want to see that man to play more roles, and I want to see. I'm dying to see a sequel to that movie. It was just, it was so amazing. Right. But it, but it, it just came out at a time when not enough people gave it, gave it the attention it deserved. But, but look, uh, how, look just, what a star-making performance for Carl Urban, though. You know, like, I mean, he's I'm, always been, he's always been that, that B-list actor. You know, I mean, everybody remembers him as, oh yeah, he was in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. You know, yeah, he was Dread, or he was in that movie with the Rock that sucked. You know, uh, right, right. He was also freaking, uh, in uh, Doom. Thor. He was uh, he w- Scourge. That's right. Wasn't right, he in right, Lord of the Rings it, also? Yeah, that's what you're saying, Lord of the Rings. Like, he's actually been in a lot of nerd stuff. A lot of sci-fi. A comic lot of sci-fi, comic stuff. booky nerd stuff. But you could you could make somebody here with a role like this, with a story like this, and I felt like they just put it on in the microwave. You know, they didn't, they didn't want to slow cook it and season it and marinate it 
and and have a you know five star dish. Oh no, they this movie was a lunchables. Yeah, it's like eating lunchables for dinner and you know expecting to be filled. Especially that cheese. I always had an issue with Lunchables cheese. Processed. I don't know what it was. <laughs> I always got the pepperoni pizza. That was my thing. Dan, I hated the fact that you had to eat it cold. I didn't understand why I hated pizzas. Cold. Yeah. Why are you eating Lunchable pizzas? Where do you stand on the Lunchable pizza debate, uh, B? Me, I, I honestly have never eaten those things. They look disgusting to me. <laughs> I would oh, yeah, rather take. Like I would. I would rather take the three dollars I think those things cost and go buy myself a uh, bloodshot a DVD. Hot do- Cause I'm pretty sure that's uh, what they're no. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Well, <laughs> that's the thing. I told you somebody somebody gave me the digital code. That's how I watched it. Wow. And you yeah, still couldn't be and he still can be brought to finish nope. it. <laughs> I, nope. Nope. I oh got about an God. hour. I got about maybe like like a half hour hour into it and just it. Re- I didn't feel like I was watching a bloodshot movie. Oh, so you basically I, I got up to like when the him and the girl were having that chemistry and the whatever, whatever I the chemistry, it. the chemistry, whatever. There's no the damn chemistry like, between uh, those they, two girls, like the that, two girls, the guy and the girl. Uh, that sounds like a better movie already. The chemistry between those two girls, but we did yeah. have we did have a film though <laughs> that had immense chemistry between two female characters. A film we never thought we were gonna get because it had been promised to us year after year after year. The bunt, if you will. Of the X-Men <laughs> franchise, New Mutants. Holy hell, New Mutants. Uh, it, which is fine. I think New Mutants is fine. I don't think it's it's bad, but it just sucks that the last bite of the apple was that. Uh, how familiar are you with the characters in the New Mutants, uh, B? And what did you think of the film? Well, I am f- quite familiar with the characters. And um, I, I did, for the most part, enjoy the movie. I recognize it's not a great movie, but it seemed like before uh, Disney acquired uh, 20th Century Fox that there was a better movie here. Um, I, I believe this movie was probably meant to connect the X-Men and the Deadpool universes. Yeah. Um, but but I but because the damn thing probably hit the cutting room floor way too many times because of the acquisitions and just not knowing how to how to finish up the story. Uh, I, I believe that's what led to this travesty of a movie in the end. The actors, um, the, the, the cast, to me, was great. They portrayed – they really captured, for the most part, the essence of those characters, especially characters that the average fan does not know much about. Right. Um, Ann Taylor Joy, I thought, played a great magic. Um, Maisie Williams was, was a lot of fun to see her as Rain Sinclair. And he, I, I can't remember the actress's name, but the girl who played Danny Moonstar, I thought was a lot of fun as well. Maisie and then seeing Williams? the, no, yeah, well, no, 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 oh Williams no, not my, um, oh the Native American girl that likes buffalo yes. chicken apparently. Oh, you talking about the uh, no. God? Uh, that line uh, was Blue Hunt. Her Liter- name is her literal. Her name is literally, literally Blue, Blue Hunt. Hunt. She's wow. Native okay. Blu Hunt. She's a Native American actress. Uh Blue Hunt is a American actress. American. Yeah. So she was just named Blue. Yeah, her name is just Blue. B L U. Or she? Well, I mean, nowadays maybe it's not not right to say Native American. Uh, she's just te- right. she's technically just American. Indigenous. You know, if you really think I about guess, it. I guess Indigenous. Yeah. The the truth indigenous. of the, the truth of the matter is, gentlemen, that we all have two bears. Right? We, do about, all have two bears. <laughs> we all have bears. two bears. We, we all have two bears. <laughs> and so long and as you and feed a, one, right? Is that what we'll do? And then yell at the other and, one? And, a, I, I, and I guess she was feeding both because in the end, like it seemed like this great girl who was being nice, the big bear still showed up in the end. Right. And it it looked like something out of Jason and the Argonauts. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not 
great. It oh, I will say though, I, I it might be controversial to say I think this is better than all of the worst X Men movies. Rack off in your brain all the worst X Men movies. I might. I think this is better than. Them. But you know what's weird though? We've we've done since watched a lot of them and tried to. Find, oh, we covered all thirteen uh, on the Exploring X Men. Right, co- and podcast. we try to find some good things. I think I might. And this is controversial as hell. I'd have to watch them both again. I think I might put Origins above New Mutant. X Men Origins. Yeah. No, I would put. Oof. X- I, 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 know. I, I know. I know. Oof. I'm not gonna front. I Oof, would actually. I, I, would, know. I would too. I mean, you, the Gambit scene, the boxing fight with the Blob. The, I mean, the there's... first five minutes of X Men. Or- no, not those first five minutes. I'm sorry. The, oh. The the, the the uh credit the opening credit sequence of. Oh, I know of, you meant by uh, that first five yeah, the minutes. The first five no. minutes is is when he's a kid and with the yeah, it's weird. Cards. Not good stuff. No, him going through every war with his brother, and it just has this great edit from like from the Civil War to the American Revolution. To glimpses the at a better war. movie, Dan. Those were glimpses at a better movie that it could have been. I'd rather have seen <laughs> Sabretooth and Wolverine yeah. go through yeah. war together, honestly. Yeah. And then I, the, I... you, end the, you end the movie with him finding Stryker, and then that's where you can go for a sequel from there. If he would have yeah. found Stryker at the end and just give us Wolverine and Logan fighting through every war, that'd have been cool. But I do, I would put this over New Mutants only because. New Mutants had me for the first like thirty five minutes. It had me. It was it was self contained, and it was structured well. I liked the way the opening was. It was a one. It was like a hand cam. Like a, like it wasn't steady cam. Yeah, that was straight hand cam running through. You can't see anything but like bear at the big bear like in fire. You know, it weird, had though, me. That self containment to me, it unfortunately, felt cheap. It felt like the reason why it was self-contained is because you couldn't pay for anybody else to be in the film the, or yeah. other locations. Uh, we, you know, uh, we do the the Danny stuff in the beginning, and then we just shoot to everyone just being in one location for the most part, um, and that that's how that goes. What do you think is yeah. the worst entry in the X Men movie franchise? B and where do you put New Mutants then? Oof, uh, I would on for me, I would say uh, Apocalypse was the worst entry. Okay. Oh yeah. Because, oh yeah. Because t- what a what a waste one of a great character and a great actor. Yeah. Here you have Oscar Isaac coming on to play Apocalypse. I mean, I mean, look, Oscar Isaac has just caused the Moon Knight stock to skyrocket. 100%. A character who most people don't even under- know or understand. So here they they put him in the role of Apocalypse, if, if one of the most iconic X Men villains, and they just wasted him. They turned him into they turned him into a generic uh, James Bond villain. He was worse than Ultron, to be honest with you. It was like they were trying to yeah. go for the Ultron, yeah. but they went way too with oh, the Ultron. Yeah, yeah, Everything yeah, exactly. was a monologue. No more er- weapons. Right. Not even monologues, just lines. No weapons. <laughs> no more superpowers. What are you doing? Learning. Uh, oh, God. Right. That was I, you terrible. Know, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, like, this. he comes off in the beginning of the movie as this juggernaut-esque villain that, like, how are they ever going to beat him? Yeah. And then by the end of the movie, it's just like, everybody shoot him at once and it'll eventually <laughs> kill him. I also and, didn't like that he was, like, 5'3". You know, I feel like my apocalypse needs to be a bit physically imposing. And then the only right. time you got him physically imposing was in Charles's head, which is fake. Right, exactly, which is fake, which is <laughs> so, fake. So, yeah. so like that's what I that's what I mean. Like they just they it just fell completely. Like I excuse Phoenix because Phoenix again fell into the into that whole X Men um being bought out from Disney. Because right. I mean, like X Men Phoenix, like the aliens in X Men Phoenix were supposed to be scrolls. And it would have worked but so much ch- better if it were. 
whatever that but right they were. but but, but because of the buyout because of the disney buyout they had to change it and then also the director lost his mind and decided to change the whole end scene into that train scene <laughs> it, um you know so so like it, it i i for, i forgive because i actually even despite all that i enjoyed phoenix more than this movie Ooh. the apocalypse right, i right. did i did so so new Mutants to me is is higher than uh, at least Apocalypse. I don't know. How, the is only New Mutants it's, it's higher, higher than Dark Phoenix. Than, uh, in your opinion. Uh, they're about the same. Okay. And and to me, and Wolverine Origins will always be in the bottom. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know he, a huge. I love like seeing those fake claws will always kill the, me. Yeah, the CGI. Oh, the CGI. Uh, the, the claws were so bad. And then right, and seeing him be so clumsy in the bathroom. Was just like, oh now, my god! I was god. over it with that girl telling him the story of the Kuku Kachu, Kikuatsu, whatever the hell. Yes, yes, about. yes. And then she's like, and you know, it was a Wolverine, and it howled at the moon. Wolverines don't howl; they're actually not right. Dogs. Also, Wolverine. <laughs> if anything, dogs. Wolverine doesn't isn't the animal that Logan directly relates to. It's the Linux. Yeah. No, no, but he just puts it on his dog tags because that one girl he used to bang uh, <laughs> used to call him Wolverine. <laughs> And so that, he's like, that, that, this is that, what that, I'll like, be for the rest of my life. <laughs> right, that apparently he forgot. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I forgot you, but I'm going to remember Wolverine. He to put it on my dog tags. Like, what the hell is this? Wolverine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I guess I guess I'm from Michigan. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, people were dying for New Mutants. Had, the trailer, I believe, originally came out maybe in like 2017. Uh, and it just but kept But it didn't even delayed. look anything like the movie. If you it go looked back like a and... horror. It looked like a horror thing. Initially, if I remember, they had another brick in the wall in the in the in the trailer, and it was like a really like gritty kind of. They were going. They were playing I towards the, word the gritty. I feel like it's such a, 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 a what you call that word. It's now. been it, it's been stereotyped. Yeah. Um. It, it it was. It looked cold. It looked the 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 color temperature of the film looked cold. Uh. They looked like it was going to be a horror film, and it, it kind of was, but it's like the horrors are in your mind, and I told Dan. You know, because I saw it before him, that I felt like the film was leaning on a big reveal that if you pay attention, you'll kind of figure and out. And I, I figured and it out. Once, I'm like, damn. Once you realize what's causing all the events of the film, um, that's basically the end of the movie. Uh, how do you feel about that, B? Well, I mean, the the, the yeah, I mean, to me, there was there was meant to be a bigger reveal in this movie, not just the fact that obviously, to me, I guess knowing the character. From the beginning of from the first five minutes of the movie, I'm like, yeah, the, the, it's her, it's her power, it's it's her <laughs> demon bear power. I knew right, that. Right. So I was expecting there to be that another curveball thrown at us where Mister Sinister would have been introduced, right. but because that, because again with the whole Fox acquisition and and them changing it, th- that I believe the character was just left out, never even probably casted, because I mean all those previous, I mean boy, going back to I believe it was a uh, day, even, even Days of the Future Past. Yeah. Or was it a apocalypse? They started to hint at sinister. Uh, they hinted him at again in Phoenix, and and he was a, a hinted at in Deadpool. I, I believe part one slightly, and then part two again with the Essex House. 100%. So that's why I I believe that this movie was supposed to come to and tie those movies together, where it all makes starts to make sense. Like, oh, this was another one of his Essex houses, and now and like I I was waiting to see that all the blood samples that they were taken from the kids was going to be used to turn it used to make a me- like a mega mutant almost and, and like I a guess, mimic i guess it was uh, like alluded to you know that they took logan's blood to make laura but that's all that became of that and mr sinister is such a humongous marquee villain 
that when you look at who they chose, you know, the the what the the, the doctor and uh that lady, Jessica Chastain, whatever her name was. Mm-hmm. Um, like, was Jessica like you you had a marquee villain in right in your hands and instead you chose two nondescript uh bad guys that I kind I feel like kind of tunk uh tanked uh those films a bit because the X-Men are strange heroes but what why you admire them is because they still despite of how they're being treated choose to defend good and so you need good villains so that they go against them and the only good villain they seem to care about is Magneto which is why they have to find a, a way to turn him every film. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, him. again, like, I, I strongly believe that Cecilia Reyes was supposed to be even kind of like an anti-hero or a, a reluctant villain, so to speak, yeah. being manipulated by Sinister. And then Jessica Chastain was supposed to be a scroll. She was maybe supposed to be like the scroll queen even. That would be cool. You know, and, and, and then she was supposed to maybe... Ma- become much like how they did it in um, Captain Marvel where the the scrolls are depicted as the villains but then shown to be the the good guys. Right. I believe that something like that might have might have been meant to cuz I don't see Jessica Chastain looking reading that script and going, "Yeah." Yeah. 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 I don't see her this reading that script I, this, at all. This is this is what I I believe she must have read a whole nother script, signed a contract, and then by the like probably by the time she watched it in theaters, she probably was like, I don't remember this movie at all. Like I did not make this movie. This is not the character I signed on to be. That's hilarious because there's been a lot of actors in the past that have it, in their interviews have said that it's like when I watched the movie, I had no idea that this is what was gonna be the finished product. Right. Yeah, so, and yeah, with the CGI and stuff like that, you, you barely know. They can add an entire scene without you being in there. And she's completely yep. re- irrecognizable, too. But that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not it's not no one of note. It's almost like you literally could have put anyone in that in that thing. You could have made it a Mojoverse uh, situation. You could throw a Mojo's yeah. ugly ass up there. All CGI. You don't got to pay nobody. But no, uh, yeah, they, they, they chose to go nondescript, which kind of sucked because the New Mutants, in my opinion, they're um, comic fans know and dig them but this was supposed to be the introduction to a bigger audience that may have not understood them at first and i feel like it was kind of sort of a bad introduction um and you only get one first impression but how the hell do you mess up your second that's the question i gotta ask because i want to talk about <laughs> wonder woman 1984 <laughs> because... i don't know i i think i'm gonna sit on this one because i'm gonna say very nasty things about this movie i don't got a bunch of nasty things to say about it i'm not gonna sit here and talk about how diana might have sexually taken advantage of somebody i'm not gonna sit here and talk about how no no one no one's gonna be upset about that no <laughs> one's upset about that i'm not gonna sit here and talk about how they just jumped over civil rights women's suffrage the women's right to vote the sexual awakening of the 60s, hippies, the love movement, Vietnam, all of that, just to get to 1984 so we could see Pedro Pascal in a coke sweat as Maxwell Lord yelling all craziness. Um, I'm not going to talk about any of that. I'm just going to talk about how I feel. And it's actually, no, we counted. Wonder Woman 1984 was the most anticipated film of 2020. We did an award show. Yes, we did last year. And Wonder Woman 1984 was the one film over Venom, over Morbius, over Black Widow. This is the film people wanted to see. And we literally waited till six days before the entire year was over when it was announced that it was coming to HBO Max. And when you, with that long of a wait, I built up a, dare I say, better film in my head. And when I watched it, I was kind of underwhelmed it, it, for a big blockbuster. I, I know it made its money and I know it has its fans. I'm not here to discredit anyone for liking it. But when it comes to me, man, that first Wonder Woman was a home run. And this one, man, 
they got hit with the ball. I don't know what well, happened. Well, what we could talk about is how Diana cheats during the opening race, making her a cheetah. Well, cheetahs. And then win. in the end, she has to. <laughs> and then in the end, she has to fight a cheetah. Yes. Story went full circle. This is a great movie. Oh man! What a great I movie! I totally missed that. She now, starts as now, a cheetah, then fights a cheetah. Look yeah. at that! I mean, yes. I mean, before I was gonna give this movie a two out of ten because of that revelation. Thank nine you. out of ten. Nine <laughs> out of ten. It makes total sense. It makes total sense. I think. I think it's worth it. Well, uh, why did we need a Pretty Woman montage of Steve going through like the worst eighty styles ever? Man, had, like parachute two, pants and those axe two are press. good together. I just surely they have chemistry. It's the same thing. It's the Margot Robbie argument, in my opinion. Those two are good together, but I don't think that you should put an entire film on them. Margot Robbie is a good actress. I don't think you should put an entire franchise on her. But every time they see a semblance of something good, they just throw everything at it. It's the same thing with their writers. As soon as somebody writes one good thing, they're like, oh my God, can you do the next 800 issues of Justice League? Yes. And it's like, um, oh, relax, relax. Yeah, it's, yeah, I, exactly. It was, they were, I, I, the fact that, when Chris Pine was announced to be back in this movie, I really thought he was going to be back in like a flashback. That's what or, I was thinking. That it was or he, something. Or he's going to be but haunting he, her. Like she's going to be like, like grief and struck him with grief. And every time she like looks, that. she sees him standing in like the corner. But it's not like a CGI input. That's actually Chris Pine. There. Right. She, she has right. a problem with the fight at the end, and Chris Pine could have came to her in her head and talked her up and you know helped her. But no, we had to bring him back and do some weird mystical space wish or or ancient metallic i don't know what the hell was going on with that wishing stone that's another stone. thing that wishing there, stone pissed there, me off there is a treasure trove of dc macguffins in the dc universe there is so many mystical items or items that can backfire on you monkey's paw-esque items and they just made one up like again, like just go to your books. This is this is what this is what's gotten these characters this far. Why are you choosing to actively stray away from them because you think you you have a better idea? Well, I mean that's that's classic, um, big big brother uh, movie industry because whether it's Sony, whether it's Warner Brothers, or whether it's uh, Fox. They they always have done that with the movie properties. It took Marvel making their own movies to show to show the movie industry, hey, hey, trust me, the the source material, you don't really need to mess with it that much. Yeah. You know, um, so so I'm not surprised by it at all. With Wonder Woman eighty four, uh yeah, again with the Chris Pine and, and Gal Gadot chemistry was there, although it was not needed. The movie felt so long. Yeah. It felt, felt so long. It was long. It was two and a, it was two hours. It was and one. Minutes. That's when I I can tell when I'm not digging a movie when I go to see how much longer I have, and that definitely yeah. happened in this one. When when I look at my watch, I'm like, whoa! If I'm looking at my watch, that's a bad that's a bad sign. It's like we got an hour uh, left. How are they gonna? What are they gonna do with it? What, what else is you know? I mean, and then uh, there was so much build up to so many different things that everything felt short. I mean, the movie introduces this magical armor that even in the trailers, you're like, I can't wait to see what she does with this armor. Right. Only to have a freaking uh, cat yeah. extra, yeah. cat extra <laughs> whoop her ass and destroy it. In a matter of seconds. Oh, at least, she, like, at least she looked better than the cats. Rum Tum Tugger versus Diana was a very interesting fight scene, to say the least. And I think that that would... No, I, I honestly believe that um, those characters deserve better. Uh, they never called Cheetah Cheetah. So I don't know if she's actually... You know, like, what? what is that? What is any of that? I'm hoping that... Yeah. I'm hoping that she has, like, this, this moment of, like, 
addiction to the very short time that she was Cheetah, and somehow, some way, we get the OG origin where she just becomes an archaeologist again, looking for this power uh, to turn back or turn into something like that. I thought that the original Dream Stone in the trailer was the Eclipso Diamond. And I'm like, that makes a lot of sense. Maxwell Lowe, yes. Eclipso Diamond, mm-hmm. Wonder Woman. No, it's just the stone. <laughs> Just a stone. <laughs> it's just a stone. There's a there's a meme that's hilarious where it's Maxwell Lord grabbing the, the dreamstone and he goes, I wish to become the dreamstone. And then he literally becomes the stone. The stone doesn't disintegrate yeah. and he has the power. He becomes the stone, <laughs> which is what should have happened. Right. He, he didn't word that right. Like the genie in Aladdin would have messed that all up. You, you got to get that right. Oh, that big time. Right. Big time. Big time. And the yeah, fact that I she mean, didn't even care even... to like go into research about the wishing stone, like, you know, like. She's a hundred years old. What research does she but have? But she to said do? her. But she even mentioned it herself that there was a god of deceit, She's like, it's some a god, god of yeah, the Duke of Deception. I think she called him. And but they didn't even think that hey maybe Steve was some sort of you know demon possessed that's by my, the Duke that's of Deception. My thing. If you know that there are gods out there of trickery, and something unexplainable happens for you to go home and sleep with that thing, I feel like is a little bit irresponsible. Just a bit. Big time. It just so so much about this. Like like that aspect of the movie just fell so flat. It's just like this woman who's supposed to be the most virtuous person on the planet is just like, yeah, I'm gonna sleep with this guy because his soul is my long lost love oh, from very, seventy very. years ago. But someone that I knew for like a week. Someone somewhere saw that as romantic. They wrote that down and was like, oh my god, that is that is incredibly romantic, and that felt off. There was even some points where I felt like. Uh, Barbara was getting kind of bullied by Diana. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, she's just, you know, like she's getting attention for the first time in her life, Diana. You've been getting attention your whole life. Let my girl rock. Maxwell Lord, yeah, right. out with her. let her rock. You know, like, let her be. Yeah, right. Chill out. But yeah, uh, the main idea, the lesson that we all learned is that we all want too much. Apparently. We all, right. we all want too much while we're in a pandemic and family members are passing away and we can't go to work and make the money that we're supposed to. And if you had enough, uh, you know, American spirit and started your own company, it may not be open right now because of everything that's going on. And as you sit at home, you know, with less than you've ever had when it comes to money, hope, or family members, you have Diana Prince telling you you're asking for way too much. <laughs> you need to calm down. Yeah, especially especially in the current situation we're in, you you figure somebody would be wishing for COVID to go away. Yeah, and uh, a, oh no, but Diana would step in and be like, no, 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 we can't have everything you want. You can only no, have think the about truth. all the parents that wish for their dead kids to come back, or all the people right. that wish for their mother and father to come back. Or I don't want to have cancer anymore. I don't want to be in a wheelchair. I wish I was able body and able minded. Nope, you gotta right. you gotta you gotta I give wish that wish back. I wish it wasn't racism because it's nineteen eighty five, and like, I'm pretty sure right, there's still right, some of that right. around. No, you can't have that. You can only have the truth. Oh, what is the truth, Diana? You want to expound on that, your uh, yeah? Your what's the truth? Uh, the truth life, is, this is my hill, sucks. and you got to find a way to to get your own hill. Life gonna, sucks unless it. you have your own magic powers yep. and you can make things invisible. You know, that's what it but when whenever but when everything else goes back to normal for you, I'll still have my invisible jet <laughs> and my powers and my my, my agelessness, my, my agelessness, my gorgeous my gorgeous appearance that has caused you know me I mean? no problem as a woman for the last seventy years. You know, yeah, even though yeah. they, had, they don't let women like vote and stuff like that, I'm pretty sure she had a fine life uh, on Earth. So it's a, it's a yeah. damn it's a damn shame. I you know, it's one of those things um, where I I'm not a, a screenwriter. I, you know, I write, but I'm not you know I don't I'm not in in that uh, realm. And so it's hard for me to be like, oh well, you know, they should have done this, they should have done that. But when you watch good content, 
it's just good. It just speaks on its own. And all the stuff that you would nitpick goes by the wayside. I saw Spider-Verse, and now Spider-Verse is like my my measuring stick. Because it it was funny, it was able to give you a, a heartfelt message, and you were behind the protagonist. Like, you, you really felt like you wanted him to win. And when you're able to do that, in animation, <laughs> you know... With a, with a smaller budget and you still try to innovate and you still try to make it something worth a damn. I can't give some of those DC movies an excuse at that point. You know, like you have way more money, way more, uh, uh, what's that called? Um, promotion, all that kind of stuff. Maybe they, they thought a little bit too highly of Patty Jenkins in this, in this instance. It's also, there's a lot of characters like Shazam, for example. A relatively unknown character to, to you know, normal people, to, to, like, people today. No one really goes back and watches Superman Shazam movie or goes back and watches the Justice League animation movie, yeah. cartoon to find out who Captain Marvel is and Shazam is. So when a movie like that came out, basically under the radar, and does way better than a Wonder Woman sequel, like... Makes you like, think. Com- no, it, makes it, does, it makes But it's you- the same thing, like, when, when Shazam does better than Justice League. You understand? Like, you had the... Most famous superhero team in the world, in your in your ranks. You didn't have them split up between several studios. You didn't have to, you know, reintroduce reintroduce everybody from scratch, and you still fumbled it. That just shows a lack of foresight when it comes to these IPs. Listen, and I'll they, even that's say that's all they see. They see them as IPs. They don't see them as literally characters that have stood the test of time, close to a hundred years. Some of these guys. Nope. I'll even you say know? that the that the Justice League twenty years prior from the nineties was better than the Justice League oh, that came out God. in twenty seventeen. I will watch that Justice Ooh. League movie. That pilot. I will watch that. Pilot, oh my god. That had the that had the sealess Justice League team. I will oh watch that God. pilot every day you, before I watch Justice League once. You are a bold man. I've only sir. seen you the just, I've only seen the Justice League movie once, but I've seen that Justice League pilot like five times. That should tell you everything you need to know. Uh, I just tells me it just tells me you do a lot of very good drugs. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I agree. Twenty twenty, you know, I, I don't judge. It was a weird year, twenty twenty. Oh, uh, man. So, DC managed to put out some animated films. They put out uh, uh, Su- uh, Superman Red Sun, Superman Man of Tomorrow. They put out Justice League Dark Apocalypse War, which was the end of their entire, um, you know, DCAU, which were they, had, they had just been working on. And they also put out Death in the Family. I want to talk to you guys about Death in the Family for a second. Last night, I saw Death in the Family on HBO Max. So I'm like, you know what I want to do? I want to watch Death in the Family because I wasn't able to watch it through my normal means because uh, it was it was told to me that this was a choose your own adventure um, story where you got to pick, you know, it, it deals with the death of Jason Todd and I'm assuming you get to make decisions uh, around that. I put it on. 25 minutes of the film is recapping the events of Under the Red Hood. Get out of here. 25 minutes of the film. Is literally just recapping, and then and then this happened, and then and but they're showing the just footage. a giant previously they're showing on the footage from that movie. So I'm sitting there going, "What what's going on here?" And basically, the version that's on HBO Max does that for about 25 minutes, and then it reveals that I think that it's uh, Superman probably talking to Batman, and Batman's like, "Yeah, that was one of the that was one of the moments I think I regret the most," and then credits. And I was like, wait, what What? What just happened to me? So wow. there's an hour left in this thing, right? So I'm like, what's going on? It's all DC Showcase stuff. DC Showcase, 
Adam Strange, uh, DC Showcase. What was the other? Oh, Sergeant Rock. You know, and I'm like, where the hell is the wow. rest of this movie? I never got to see what the rest of Death of the Family was. I got to see a half an hour recap of Under the Red Hood. And I don't know if I want to go back. That was so weird. I was like, I, I'd seen this movie. I love this movie. Why are they trying to piecemeal it to me uh, little by little? But out of all those films, B, which ones were you able to see, if any? Wow. I'm, well, I wanted to watch Death in the Family, but now I don't. Uh, so I didn't get a chance to see that, but I did see um, Red Sun. Red Sun being one of my favorite Elseworld stories. Um, and I thought it was very well done. Uh, the Mark Millar story was wonderfully adapted, and I really, really enjoyed it. But in general, the DC animated universe, ever since uh, the Killing Joke was done, has just turned me off. I have had no desire to really watch much of the animated ones. I, I kind of wanted to see the Superman one because I, I, I love Parasite as a villain. I just haven't had a chance to, to see it, though. What yeah. about you, Dan? Actually, I I actually will agree with you on that. It was Killing Joke that kind of like, it, it was the it was the crushing blow. It was like the straw that broke the camel's back. I I will not lie. I don't like uh, the Batman and Robin and Son of Batman with uh, Damian Wayne. I love Damian Wayne. I loved I, I loved the animation of it. But there was nothing for me to go. There was not there was nothing of significance that I remembered that I loved. There was nothing that made me go back. So watching that, watching Killing Joke, like just the last slew of of DC animation movies have just started to fall through the cracks, which is actually really heartbreaking to me because that was the one instance of DC that I used to, I, that was my hill I would die on. I said it, that DC animated movies were better than most live action comic book movies. That's how I always felt. I always thought DC's animated movies was just a world of its own. You was not touching them. Well, I, so I, many great I agree. Movies. They, they are great movies and great series. I mean, Justice League, just uh, even the Batman animated series, Superman animated series, the Justice League, Justice League Limited, um, and then even like the, the the first couple movies that came out afterwards were amazing. Doom and I really was thought, great. I love right. Doom because I love Tower mm -hmm. of Babel. So Doom was great. Doom was. Uh, I love Batman Year One. I think that's one of the best Bat animated Batman movies all around. Batman movies yeah, is Brian Batman Cranston Year One. Brian He's uh, is, uh, Gordon, I think. Gordon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Batman Year One, and I mean, uh, Dark Knight Returns was uh, like like a perfect oh. adaptation. Oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent perfect. Uh, getting oh. getting uh, RoboCop, Peter Weller himself to be Batman was just oh, genius. Yeah. Oh no, get Peter Peter Weller is one of my favorites, especially in from like st stuff like Sons of Anarchy. He was just Peter Weller's the man. Yes, he really got, so he really brought a grittiness. Yeah. So there was a lot so that, of yeah. yeah DC movies that were just um, animated, just perfection, and then. Around like 2015, 2014, 2015, it just started going down. It just, the, the, the momentum just started falling. Mm hmm. Well, and they, I just got really sad. They were making, you know, what you can consider one shot films uh, back in those days with Red Hood and Year One. Like, those are, those are individual stories that they were covering. And then around the time when they came out with, uh, not Doom. What was the it War? Was, was Justice League War. War? Yeah, it was Justice League uh, War, Throne of Atlantis. Just a, when they started Justice League War, it was, became a concentrated effort to tell a narrative and start a universe with those films. And they were even doing better than the DC's live action so they universe. Create, they create, you know, they create their Justice League, which they put Shazam on. You know, remembering that. Um, and then everything, every story they adapt moving forward, they have to change because of their set justice league now 
and their set universe. So they changed the timeline. They threw Death of Superman in the middle of all that New 52 stuff. Uh, and it was the same. That was in-universe, you know? Uh, and yes, I mean, weird. oh, my God. And very See, that weird. was another thing. That was around the time that DC just wanted to get really gritty with all their stuff. Like, everything was gritty and just too too coarse. I, I You know, to me, DC, a lot of their characters, except for Batman, but even Batman sometimes is the shining beacon of hope. And here we are watching every character just be... Like, who wants to be sadder than the next? <laughs> That's I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm watching it with. I remember watching uh, Throne of Atlantis with my son, thinking, okay, you know, here's his introduction to the DC animated universe. And it just felt like Aquaman just felt so down. Cyborg was just so downtrodden. Even Superman, who's, you know, like the man of tomorrow, the man of hope, is just, everybody just sounded like. Man, you know, uh, we, they all sound like they, their, their dogs just died. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I tar- Tom King was an uncredited writer on all those movies. Is that what it that's was? The, that's the problem. Tom <laughs> King was an uncredited writer on all those movies. He, he made sure that he wrote all the, all the dialogue. The sad dialogue, that's Tom King under the covers. Yo, you can get Tom I King bet. to write extens- uh, what, what is it? existential crisis on infinite herbs. <laughs> that's what, Yo, yes. that's what he real. needs to do. <laughs> I I can totally see that, yes. Holy hell. But yeah, they had a grip on animation. One would also say they had a grip on live-action television. Uh, We got a immense crossover uh, expanding across, what, five shows um, earlier this year in Crisis on Infinite Earths, which also gave us the end of Arrow. Dan, what did you think of Crisis on Infinite Earths? We got Brandon Ralph coming back playing Superman. Uh, We got Kevin Conroy coming back playing Batman. Uh, and the end of Arrow. Were you a fan of Arrow, and are you sad to see it go? Oh, man. All right. So I remember in 2011, I saw a poster for Arrow in the city. And I knew I just knew who it was, but I didn't know where, what it was going to be. And then when both seasons were available – no, actually, season, only season one was available on Netflix. And I binged all of season one in like a day and a half. Yeah. And I was in love. I watched Arrow all the way up into season four. And then it started falling for me. Most people watched the season four, and then that kind of that's that's where it started falling they for me. They peaked with the League of Assassins. To be they, honest, like, yo, then they <laughs> they, they brought in Ra's of... al Ghul in like season three. Yeah, they peaked. They the killed League of off Assassin. Deathstroke in like season two, and killed off the mom in like season two. Mal- yeah, then you had have... Malcolm Merlin doing some crazy crap. Thea was a was actually you four know, is the Damien Dark season that I don't think many people. Oh God, that's right. Four was Damien Dark, the weird uh, guy. I always remember forget that guy that that's actor's when they name. Magic, which is also kind of weird because he's like you know uh uh at the time i remember i saw all this stuff and i'm like you guys are smoking something if you think i'm gonna watch a, a show about the green arrow like you won't give me you won't give me a good robin anything a nightwing anything you know you won't give me a, a cool version of any other of the side characters that they just keep going to the same well over and over again and when it when it was green arrow and it looked gritty i was like that's not the it felt like a one tree hill version of <laughs> a dc comic and oh that, boy and that and that at the time that's how i felt and then well, i mean season one did have like this whole love trial thing tri- triangle thing going on with yeah. tommy merlin right. and uh there's yep. always a love triangle going on in arrow then there's and that I, scene where tommy's looking at uh, uh oliver and uh what's your name have sex up and there <laughs> in yeah, the rain so, so radioactive got, is playing you got um, you got <laughs> You know what you remember the scene I'm talking about. Yes, yes, yes. Oliver Queen, and he is he is taking Laurel from uh his boy Tommy. 
but also slept with his her sister uh, Sarah. She took her to the trip. She comes into the next season, and then Nessa shows up, Nessa Agu, and is like, "Oh yeah, Sarah's my boo." So there's another three three person. Uh, yep. uh, thing there it, it it just got extremely messy uh towards the end of it and they were definitely pulling a lot from batman which he has a lot of great stories but i think that i mean they even while, brought in huntress i mean yeah i know i understand huntress and arrow have a thing but i feel like at this point in time now batman and Huntress yeah, more have a chemistry than uh, yeah now that she's a member of the bat family basically like you didn't really need Huntress, but I, I personally, that's one of my favorites. So, but I liked Crisis because I it cri- watching Crisis is what kind of broke the mold for me to get back into the CW DC. So yeah. watching Crisis was I was able to get into Legends of Tomorrow, and I binged the first season of Legends of Tomorrow. That's probably one of my favorite comic book shows I've ever seen. It was so fun and out there, and they were doing their own thing. Supergirl is actually not bad after watching the. For the, uh, the the for woman the that has, has everything, the, for yeah. the girl that has everything episode, I went back and I watched season one. So like I've seen all the first seasons of every DC show after Crisis on Infinite Earth, and yeah, DC was really doing. They were they weren't doing what Net Marvel Netflix was doing, but they had their they had their own little world, and I was digging it. I popped at the end when they're showing all the different worlds, and I'm like, oh look, it's Doom Patrol. Oh look, it's Swamp Thing. Oh look, oh look, it's Green it's Lantern. It's Star Girl. Oh look, it's, it's Green Lantern. Why, they, why, is, why they why they keep Green Lantern? This doesn't make any damn sense. Uh, yeah, and, and Star Girl. That was the introduction to Star Girl. That was a, literally a scene taken from one of the episodes. Yeah, Justice League, Justice Society of America episode. Right. So that you know that was really really cool to see the new branch of people, but then. We had, you know, Batwoman was brought into the group, and she's this. It's not the same Batwoman anymore. Ali was made the Spectre, which was kind of weird. Um, but wait, wait, they they turned they turned Oliver Queen into the Spectre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jim Cor- but they did have Jim Corrigan there. Okay, okay. Jim okay. Corrigan showed up uh, to help Oliver Queen become the Spectre to be the, you know, to help them in the fight. Yeah, there was uh, a whole crisis. episode where they introduced Lucifer, where they brought in Lucifer, yeah, and, Lucifer Con- and Constantine, Constantine hooked up. Wow. Was, was okay. It was like it was Diggle and uh Sarah Lance going to like this like Lucifer's nightclub with like yeah, Constantine, with Constantine just to to find uh, Oliver's soul. Um you have uh, they had um the new super I mean sorry, the new Lois Lane. Have you seen um the the that they're starting a Superman and Lois Lane show? A Superman and Lois Lane show. I mean, it seems like I'm I'm much like what you guys were saying before. I I was reluctant to get into the CW universe. I was a huge, massive Smallville fan. So um, when they oh, sorry. Like, somebody <laughs> Remy 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 Zero, I I still I still have that on a lot of my playlists. Um, I I was a big Smallville fan. So when they made this Green Arrow show, I was reluctant to watch it because I'm like I already had a Green Arrow and he was on Smallville. So why are we doing this? And then kind of like what you guys said it, when it showed up on Netflix, I said ah, I nothing else to watch. I'll try it, and the action sequences were great. I like Steve Amell. He, you can tell he really put himself into the character. Um, and and then uh, yes, exactly. When Damian Dark showed up, it was like, wow, I don't care about this anymore. Um, but I was still into the Flash. I was giving um, Legends of Tomorrow a chance. But once all the initial crossovers started happening, it felt very all over the place. So I, I dropped it. But I I do mean to watch. Um, Crisis on Infinite Earths just because of the massive setup that it must have gone into it 
And now hearing what you guys are saying about it, I might might have to make time for it this weekend. <laughs> no, it's actually not bad. The actress who plays the new Lois Lane, I think I really think her name is like Bitsy or something, which is oh that Lo- that Lois Lane actress, right? She's, she looks she's very gorgeous. much like yeah. uh, Margot Kidder. And there's a scene where she bumps into Brandon Ralph Superman, who looks very much like Christopher Reeves, and they play the old school Lois Lane. Uh, Superman song, like the the song they used to play in the movies whenever they had. Oh, yeah, no, no, but the romantic song that they had. Oh, okay, 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 okay. And they play it, and they they you show you see both of them, and I'm like, this really like it shouldn't warm my heart, but this literally warm my. I missed that. I miss superheroes being happy. You can get mad and gritty, but like there's nothing beats that that pure positive drive and right, right, right. Supposed to have, I feel. Uh, yeah, wait. oh man, you're right. This lady's name is Bitsy Tullock. Yeah, Tullock. Bitsy. Wow. <laughs> Bitsy Tullock. Okay. Bitsy. Blue, Bitsy. There's so many weird names nowadays. Uh, oh man. Are you sad to see Stephen Amell go? Uh, no, no. I, I, I personally am not. I think when you have such a great run on a character, even though I, like I said, I stopped watching it, um, you, you, you gotta let it go. You can't, you can't keep, keep it going forever. So to to give it a nice ending and have him be the Spectre, which means hey, he can guest star whenever he wants. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. So if he if, if he puts down the wrestling attire and uh, and whatever <laughs> yeah, other right. uh, projects, whatever the other projects he's working on, to yeah, I'll guest star in this episode. I'll guest star on that episode. And he can still. I think there's a better arrow. I think there's a better arrow out there. Like I yes, I love Steve Ramel and what he did, but you know, there's always somebody that could do it better. There's well, always... they were going to try to continue the show with his daughter, and that did not get picked up. The pilot. Did it did not. Up. It did not get picked up. Uh, Green Arrow and the Canaries. With, and the Canaries, uh, nope. With uh, Kate McNamara, I want to say was her name. I think that's her name, McNamara. Yeah, uh, and so, yeah, that's it's a shame. We've seen our last, seemingly our last Green Arrow being shot. Um, but what a way to go out. You become the damn Spectre. It's not much uh, better than that. Um, so we go with a show that went on a lengthy run and was ended in 2020 to a show that just started in 2020. Dan, tell the people about Stargirl. Okay, this this show was one of the biggest saving graces. Besides, besides fully realizing the genius that is of Matt Barry, Stargirl was the one of the three things in my life last year that really, it saved me. We were. I I remember you came to me and you're like, "Yo, uh, we need we need to do an episode. We got to do some kind of impromptu episode. Let's just." Oh yeah, what happened then? Well, uh, I think uh, you and Yogi were gonna cover something, and then he couldn't. He had to to push it for the next week, a family okay. emergency. Right. And then you come to me and we're like, "Okay, we need to do something. Let's go." Literally, news. the only thing we could do is is watch the first episode, episode of Star Girl. Girl. So yeah, so we did DC <laughs> new, uh, comic book news, and then we just the reviewed the fir- the pilot. Yeah. And I continued after that because I actually dug the pilot. If anything, I'm not gonna lie. Watching Star Girl is what made me say, you know, maybe I can get into these CWDC shows. Stargirl was just, it was too perfect. It was too pure. Young girls are going to be able to look at Courtney Whitmore with, with, with you know, uh, with grace. They're going to be able to look up to her. They're going to be able to say, that's my hero. The, it, if I had a daughter right now, that's the show I would make her watch. I would sit down and rewatch Stargirl again for the third time with my daughter and show her, like, this is what you should aspire to be. Courtney Whitmore was so strong. She was so independent and, and, and you know, strong-willed. She... She threw on that costume with a quick call to adventure. She had no... It's not like she was even reluctant about it. She wasn't reluctant about being a superhero. She's like, wait, 
if my dad's a superhero, maybe I'm a superhero too because the staff worked for her. Yeah, oh, God, the hero shots in that show, the action. We get um Tigris and Sportsmaster, a live-action yeah. Tigris and Sportsmaster, and no joke, the editing and choreography for, Sportma- for Sportsmaster's fight scenes was insane. Even the staff stuff. The staff stuff with uh, Courtney. Oh, it looked really, so really, alive. Really, really it was good. like warbling. Like, it looked like it was talking to her. It was nudging her and pushing her. Uh, uh, Dan uh, is able to binge um, shows and movies quicker than comics says sometimes. And it's always interesting whenever Dan takes on something that I may have not finished yet or whatever. But he's telling me about the JSA excitedly. He's like, bro, the JSA and this and that and the and the Injustice Society of America. I'm like, thank you, DC. Like, thank you for putting those <laughs> those characters on the map because they are they are important. No, I went back and I read Jeff John's Stars and Stripes from the '90s into the 2000s. I read all 15 of those and issues. almost right then wrote a love letter to Jeff John's, thanking him for. I oh my god! So, just so you know, Jeff John's has a great run on Justice Society of America as well. Ah. Uh, I'm going to have to read that because the first thing of his that I read was his fi- uh, new 52 run of Justice League Yeah, because of the Amazovirus because we, we had to cover oh, the Amazovirus. The first, the first thing you read of them was the, the thing, the, the, fir- the what war is based on. The whole Green Lantern. Yes. Hey, so you you don't fly like a bat. You don't have like a location. Wait, you're just a guy in a bat suit. Well, knowing that I yeah. love how much I love Justice League War was actually what helped me get into the new 52. Yeah. Because I all I ever heard was was mixed reviews from it, but I never actually personally dove into the new Fifty Two myself. So to be able to dive into it, I kind of really like it. I don't care. I yeah. really liked it. Wait, that run of the JSA for Johns is that in the new Fifty Two? No, that was uh, prior to New Fifty Two. Is that what started it? No, because so, no, but, no, no, no. From my memory, there is no JSA in the new Fifty Two. There is not. Uh, the J the JSA run was. Oof, this was from like. Uh, let me see. I'm actually. I, I can actually pull it off my shelf. I saw. Explain to Dan <laughs> in the meantime. It. In the meantime, I can Dan, just pull so, it off my shelf. Well, one of the things. Remember the whole thing about Wally that we were bitching about with New Fifty Two. How it just. Yeah. Just got. They got rid of him. They did the same thing with the JSA. All those characters uh, were seemingly not mentioned, not brought up. Their history, right? Seemingly erased. right. Uh, it was uh, the the, J, the Jeff Johns JSA run was from back in 2007. Okay. Oh, so like a few years um, prior. But yeah, no, um, they they were the Justice Society was brought back in Earth Two in the New Fifty Two. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, like they 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 did do that, and I think just recently the the conclusion to Death Metal kind of brings them back. Yeah, yeah, they've been they've been a concentrated effort to bring them back since Rebirth began. Um, uh, Jake oh yeah, and if you watch the, if you watch if you watch Doomsday Clock, I believe they come back in that as well. Yeah, and some they of them did in the Snyder Justice League run. There was a there was a meeting of them at, at the very least. Um, right. During the, the Zach, I mean Zach. Whoa, Scott Snyder, uh, Justice League run. Um, yeah. So I, I'm happy that they got Star Girl. We got a cosmic staff. Um, the CGI for uh, Stripesy looks pretty damn good. Um, when you think about TV CGI, sometimes it's not great. Oh, Stripes is big. Um, Pat Dugan's costume. Oh that, man, that, that suit, yeah. it was amazing. It was the 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 actual like no like the effects that went into the Star Girl show. Is a testament. It, and actually, the heart. Wait a minute. I forgot to even mention, because I remember we covered Stargirl. This was the most expensive T- uh, DC TV show to cover, like budget-wise. Okay. Because Jeff Johns wanted cinematic 
um, shots. He wanted cinematography that you see on movies, not on TV. Yeah. So a lot, like, especially in the first opening episode, you get a lot of tracking shots, a lot of one sh- one takes, a lot of these like camera panning around the entire building. The, the first few episodes were very cinematic yeah. because that's what Johns wanted to go for. He wanted to do the first uh, show like this to make it seem like this is something you're watching on TV. And if you go back and watch Stargirl again, it looks like a movie that it looks like something you would see in the theaters as it was opposed a, to a TV show. It was a labor show. of love because you know Johns based Courtney Whitmore off his sister who passed away sadly. Um, so the project means a lot to him, and um, you know he's he's going to make sure that he does quality control on something like that. Uh, it was a reminder in general that they had heart, <laughs> that they, they could be optimistic. Blue Valley is bright. Uh, you know, all those kids, you know, everything is well lit. So it was good to see that they still had some optimism in there. But I do also like when they get down in the dumps. And nothing gets more down in the dumps for DC than Doom Patrol. Uh, Doom Patrol Season 2. I love it. I love the God opener. It. It's one of my favorite openers oh, of all definitely. time. Oh, definitely. Uh, amazing stuff. More bonkers stuff straight from the mind of Grant Morrison, seemingly. Um, and it was a series cut short. The last episode was actually canned because of COVID. Uh, so it leaves us on a weirder cliffhanger than usual. Literally the penultimate. It yeah, literally it leaves us, us on the, the second to last episode. Um, but returning again is Brendan Fraser, uh, Diane Guerrero, April Bowlby, uh, Jovian Wade. Matt Bomber! Uh, Matt Bomber, Dallas <laughs> Calder. Bro, I love me Matt Bomber. It, exp- Larry Trainer, in this season so particular, no, so in different. this season particular, Larry Trainer was the goddamn man. Yeah. He was the man. Yeah. When he met the Space Patrol people, right. when right. he went right. back and saw his grandson and his son. This was a, this was a Niles heavy season as well because we bring in abigail shapiro as dorothy his daughter dorothy spinner and um yeah just seeing him their father-daughter relationship i believed it i believed that father-daughter relationship which was you know that's interesting because you know i have to believe that this little girl is 100 years old um and then niles calder has also been living for about 100 years and they do a really good job with that we get the sex men which is freaking weird um, oh, bro, out of control. There's go. There's literally poster guys having sex all over the Doom Patrol mansion for some strange oh my. reason. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah, they bring in Volstag. What's her name? The the negative woman, the the uh, Russian negative woman. Yep. Makes a oh, cameo. Wow. She makes a cameo in this. In the first season, Mento uh, makes a cameo, and some of the other um, some of the other uh, characters that have on been on Doom Patrol. But yeah, man, they tackle so much trauma. They tackle so much heartbreak. So much uh, like things that no, go wrong this with your family. Un- beneath the surface level, there is a lot of that. This isn't just some weird, bonkers, out of the box They're comic book show. They're rarely a team, right? They're rarely a team that has a third act fight. They're a reluctant it's usually, team. It's usually some very stressful or strange things going on, and they find a way to get out by the skin of their teeth. Um, it, I, I, you know, I, I missed. Um, Alan Tudyk, you know, who killed it as Mr. Nobody in the first season. But um, they're already filming for the third season. I'm, I can't wait. I think those characters are, are very uh, unique. And I think the show, it, the show is needed. Uh, we're at a point now where they have the confidence where they can uh, take gambles on shows like this. And we'll talk about, like, the boys and stuff there where it's like we, we have enough 
I'm happy and life is great and I'm going to save the world superhero shows. That's fine. Let's start getting into like you Doom Patrol is a tragedy. And that's how I felt like Grant wrote a lot of that beginning stuff with Robot Man like not having a place in the world. <laughs> uh it's existential crisis like that. Um have you seen do any of Doom Patrol B? Um no. Um it was it was originally debuted on the DC Universe app which was one of the things I just at the time could not uh justify like spending app, the money another on another app <laughs> exactly that's exactly what it was and that that and you know god forbid time so um but doom patrol does have a special place in my heart especially recently with the gerard way run uh i absolutely adored that run and was always aware of the characters i had read some of grant morrison's run um and always enjoyed when when they would uh, appear in other books uh, robot man and elastigirl and yeah. mr nobody and even the new characters space case um yes. that that showed yeah. up in the draw uh, that showed up in the draw way run do they have uh, they, Danny, Danny's a a vehicle in that run right yes he's a, he's an ambulance now yes ah, and yeah. he creates he creates space case to communicate with everyone else oh wow uh, flex flex mentalo oh he's in the uh, show Flex Mentalo is one of the greatest side characters ever. <laughs> he Flex is, Patrol. He is. They have, yes, uh, exactly. They, they have exactly. Flex Mentalo. They have um, Animal Vegetable Mineral Man. Yeah, they, <laughs> see, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, and and the fact that it, it, it's so popular to have it uh, be uh, a, a show that now has transferred over to HBO Max. So now I, I do have HBO Max. So I definitely will be putting the time into it because I – it sounds like an amazing show, and on, like Alan Tudyk, I totally forgot that he was in, in that at all. Yeah. He's an actor I absolutely adore since his the first time I ever saw him back in um, A Knight's Tale with uh, Heath Ledger. Yeah, so yes, it, that's right. And uh, what's with, his name? With Joker and Mark, Vision and uh, Mark, not Mark Strong, <laughs> uh, freaking the King from Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is right. Robert He's Baratheon. in that. I mean, yeah, exactly, exactly. So and uh, what's his name is in there as well? Uh, Paul Bettany. That's right, Paul he Bettany. That's vision, right. He's, he vision. he plays he plays he plays uh, one of my favorite writers, um, the Canterbury Tales writer. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Uh, ah, why am I? Uh, why am I, uh, uh, a Chaucer? A Chaucer? Chaucer? Something Chaucer? Yes. Yes, I'm I'm freaking out on it right now. But yeah, I mean, so many so many great actors, and I mean, look, you guys didn't even mention uh, Timothy Dalton. Yeah, Timothy. Dalton oh yes, of course, him, of course. As as the what is it? The professor or what yes, is it? What chief, is it? Chief, now chief, 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 chief. Chief, I mean, he's such a nutbag. So I mean, I can't, I can't wait to oh, have the time to watch a, it. If you think he's a nutbag in the comics, wait till you see him in season two. This man, this man is something else and in season two. You know what? You know two. what else they do with him? In a way that you know, comics eventually got to the point where people were like, ah, maybe Professor X isn't as you know squeaky clean as he thinks he is. Um, the show almost immediately starts that way, and Niles Colder is ruthless. Like he is not a a a hero in a lot of ways. The things that he would do to save himself, his daughter, or his team are sometimes uh, horrifying, <laughs> and that that that's interesting enough. Like, what a cool wrinkle is like the leader of this team is not necessarily on the up and up all the time. Well, he, um, do you know the story of the Doom Patrol origin? Like, there there's always been this conspiracy that uh, the X Men were a stolen idea from the Doom Patrol because I yeah. believe Doom Patrol actually came out a year or something Did like that before the X-Men. They come two? out the same year, months apart. Right, It's the Doom right. Patrol and Umbrella Academy, same thing, because both yeah. those first seasons premiered literally like a month apart. They did, Um. so I think uh, it was like X-Men were like the strangest heroes of them all, and then uh, Doom Patrol was the world's strangest heroes. <laughs> or something right. like that. And it's like, 
And oh, right, the, uh, the, 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 men, the, the mentor of the team is this eccentric guy who's in a wheelchair. Yep. You know, they're, they're, they're a band of misfits. Yep. So so many, so many things are similar. It's just like, whoa, whoa, whoa this is weird. Yeah. So, but, uh, but I, I, I do look it, forward I to making it, the time for it. I believe the, like right now, like after a while with some of the X-Men things, you stop believing the mutant bigotry because they're not dealing with it. Right. Where in this, none of these heroes are like pretty or or like fancy. Like none of them are prototypical heroes. So it's very easy to be like, oh yeah, no one cares about Robot Man. Look at him; he's just, you know. Uh, but Brandon Fraser, man, I'm happy to have him back. I know you'll you'll uh, be you'll welcome him back with open arms. You know he means a lot to most of us who haven't seen him in a while. So I'm so glad that he's I doing I it. I big time. I mean I still anytime I watch Scrubs, I can barely watch the two episodes he was in. So oh, he was so it's phenomenal and th- with those with the camera and the candid photos. He was just yes. Oh man, what a great episode! So I I look forward to seeing him in the show when I when I can eventually make the time for it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you're going to have fun with it. You will have fun. You just got to let it be out of the box. You got to let it be weird. Just it Oh, was... I I know what I'm getting into. I <laughs> As long as you can understand what you're getting into. The, all the da da I mean, of it all, it's, all that madness. It's, 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 yeah, yeah, it's Grant Morrison and Gerard Way. I mean, you can't if you if you don't appreciate those two writers and their weirdness, then don't don't put the time oh, I into definitely do. Definitely do because that's where where one of my my Personal favorite comic book show of all time is Umbrella Academy. Uh, you want Umbrella. to talk about Umbrella Academy season two? Yes, let's please talk about Umbrella Academy season two. Well, rumor two. has it Uh-oh. that the, our special guest has an invested interest in the team of the Umbrella Academy. Is that true, B? I I do. I mean, again, my 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 where where I'm seated now, enjoying uh, this this time with you guys. I'm surrounded by my 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 shelves of graphic novels and literally within arm's reach are the three volumes of the umbrella academy um i've been reading the umbrella academy pretty much from the moment i could get my hands on it way back in i think 2007 2006 i believe it was was it you just um, following gerard or did you just yes yes that? yes okay. i i you know um i guess you could say i was i went through emo phase right, uh, if, right. if anything un- unintentionally because you i just joined the black parade we i well even i i joined the black parade back we've when all it had was, our famous uh, last words it's okay you know i i'm okay i'm not when once right, i heard right. i'm not okay i was yeah. like i like this band so uh Gerard Way has has i mean he himself has a, a great backstory besides the um the music stuff because he was actually a comic book uh working for dark horse prior to making his music. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, yeah. He experienced nine 11, like damn near hands on. So that was, that was what led him to make the, the music he, he made. But I mean, he was always into comics. So once I heard that this guy who writes these amazing lyrics for this band created this weird umbrella Academy, I was hooked. You know, the, the, the idea of a family being, being adopted because they each have these weird powers and then the the eccentric again there there it is again the, the eccentric yeah. father f- father figure coming along and basically whipping them into shape because he believed that they were destined for something bigger yeah. even if they even if they themselves could never ever see quite why right. or when it was going to happen uh they just play it out beautifully in in the show um every every character is compelling uh you know you have every, every everyone's i feel fan favorites probably klaus this character oh, who yeah. 
you know what I mean, who I, I'm, I'm upset. You never really hear them say his his code name because oh, in the, the comic seance. books he's referred seance. Yeah. You know, uh, they kind of make fun of it in the first season when they when they when he says, "You want me to have a freaking seance right, to right. bring dad back?" And he's like, yeah. "Hey, that's the code name. That's the code name." I don't um, think really any of them go by their code name except for a few, especially not the Kraken. Uh, no, no yeah, Diego no, they don't call Diego the Kraken at all. They never, yeah. Well, not it's not, it's not Diego. It's uh, oh, no, uh, that's um Ben. Ben, no, wait, ben, no, ben, Diego the... is the crack. Wait, no, Ben's no, no, he's not. Diego, Diego's the, nah. Diego's the, 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 he throws the knives. He he's throws the, the knives. He's the cracking, bro. I think I got this one over no, you because I... Ben is the oh. horror. Ben is the horror, isn't he? Ben is the horror. The Kraken is, I don't, you know what it is with Diego? He throws knives, but one of his other powers is he can hold his breath on the water for some reason. But I, I don't remember that. I don't remember that. Okay, okay, okay. Dan, okay. Get, Dan, no, yeah, it's he's, yep, Diego's the Kraken. Ben, Ben. Wow, you got me. You got me. Ben is the horror. Um, I remember because uh, no, I thought I thought it was Ben because of the octopus stuff. That's why happened, I thought never, Ben was the cracking too. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, same, same here. I mean, uh, um, the, but again, even with that, the the show takes a lot of li- liberties from the source material, but even the liberties it takes um, are fantastic. I I mean, like like the 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 two the two assassins. Uh, help oh, me Hazel out with their names. Hazel and Cha Cha. They're not even in the first volume. Yeah, you're right. They're in Dallas, aren't they? They they show up in Dallas, but and, and they, they never, never take, take off their, their masks. Their, they, yeah. they, they never take off their masks. So so, but yet what they do with them in in the show and to change things up, it's it's great. You know, um, I I look for I look I love the show season two. The way it's the way they're able to weave um all the separate stories yet still make it all come back into into this one into the main story. It's, 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 it's like watching an orchestra, you know, you hear, you're hearing some of the, the brass, you hear some of the strings, you hear the percussion and yet it all comes together. I mean, other shows can really learn a lot from this because most shows can't accomplish what this show did. Um, even the Netflix shows, the, uh, the Marvel, the Marvel Netflix shows where they would do these 13 episode shows where honestly, I can't think of outside of the daredevil seasons, the other ones, I always felt like they should have been 10 episodes. But whereas when I watch uh, The Umbrella Academy, I'm sitting there going, why wasn't this 26 episodes? Because it's so damn good. Um, so, yeah. Do you think that the show elevated the uh, source material? And as somebody who was so close to the source material, were there any lines you felt like they crossed? Um, no, it, it definitely elevated the source material. Um, it made every, I mean, it's, it's turned everybody into Umbrella Academy fans. I've seen people buying uh, stuff that... Uh, like I mean, you Umbrella Academy merchandise can't stay on the shelf. Yeah. You talking about mugs and T-shirts and lunch boxes? I've seen flying off, and I'm like, who's buying? I know kids aren't buying this stuff. It's it's adults. It's it's and so there is definitely this fervor for um, the Umbrella Academy, right? My wife, my wife absolutely adores the show. Um, so to see to see that this this resurgence of interest in such a in, an indie comic book. I, I absolutely love the only the only thing I w- wish that they would have taken into account, even though I do like the way um, Elliot Page uh, portrayed <laughs> the character. Right. Um, I I really love the way the first one ends with them lobotomizing her. Yeah. Yeah. And so the, the fact that that doesn't happen in the in the show, I was kind of a little like, yeah. but I but when you got Elliot Page acting as as Vanya, the um. The, the violin, the white violin, I, I can see why they would they would change that up. So you know I, I'm, they, I'm flowing with it. Really, who they really improved a lot? Pogo. <laughs> the monkey. 
Like he yeah. had some really heartfelt moments in time. He did. He did. I mean, shit. my my when he gets impaled by those antlers, my yeah. wife like burst into tears. Oh no, Pogo. You know, and then when he when you get to see his origin in Dallas in the Dallas season, it's like, oh look, Pogo, yeah, baby Pogo. Pogo. No, nah, when they brought back baby Pogo, I was mad excited. <laughs> Especially that fight scene yeah. between Diego and his father, and then he just he walks away with Pogo and oh, his blow. Yeah. Diego and his father in general. What is it? No, I d- d- don't. You're b- 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 wrong. <laughs> oh, that's what it was. You're b- 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 wrong. I was like, yeah. oh my mm-hmm. god. Yeah, no, Diego Yo, broke my heart this my heart. season. I was like, oh there no. There was so much depth and development between all of these characters this season. Even though if Luther was still being plagued by having a crush on his sister, you yeah. know. And a lot of people are looking. To it's the they're comments. not biological <laughs> siblings. It's See, fine. That's what I'm trying to say too. Like, but what, what what line are we gonna draw then? Uh-huh. Listen, all, all I got to say is that I feel like a lot of people were looking if, forward if to If Luke comedy. and Leia can kiss and everyone thinks it's no big deal, then, then this you guy can Chewbacca's hook up with face? his... No, Have but there was a difference. Luke and Leia happens? didn't know that they were brother and sister when they had that kiss. Luke, uh, Luther and, and uh, Allison know that they're brother. Uh, they did homework together. Yeah, they did. Yeah, but they, whatever, whatever. <laughs> they're not biological. It's fine. You know what? If they're going to do it, do it on the moon. That's all I'm saying. Go, go to Space Boy Land. Go do it over there. Go Ain't do nobody it gonna bother moon. you. Ain't nobody gonna bother you. Go do it over there. You know, um, oh, but for those out there who really want more more stories from this stuff, there is a current because again, because Klaus is so popular, Gerard Way is, has a miniseries out right now that's all about uh, uh, Seance, Mister ah. Mister Klaus himself, and it's 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 uh, that's I forget. Dope. Yeah, it's I'm looking forward. I since I only have them in trade paperback, I'm not reading it issue to issue, so I'm waiting for it to be in a collected trade. But I'm hearing great things about it because it's basically if you love Umbrella Academy, you're gonna love this. Yeah, and man, he that's another actor that I think really brings a lot out of that character. Um, Seance in the comics is kind of like he's an emo. He's emo, right? Like he's, he's emo, and he's he's he doesn't have the the emotional range that that is shown by this actor. Yeah. Um. So again, that's the source material being slightly ignored, but I thought it was a great aspect because you add so much more to the character. And the idea that um, he has to stay inebriated so that he doesn't see the dead people—that's pretty cool. Right. That's right. Cool right. It, it so like it, speaks it, to the people that like have to like drown their like you know their demons have to drown their thoughts with alcohol and drugs. Like it's it's perfect. I'm mad you went and like alcohol. Um, <laughs> uh, no, yeah, Umbrella Academy, and it's gonna, it's gonna come through with season three. Uh, Dan, the boys, season two. The boys, the boys are back in town. Frescas. Uh, Heads can- exploding and uh, uh, what is it? A uh, canaries, uh, second winds, um, <laughs> exploding AOC, whales, AOC milk jerking off on a skyscraper. I think we've covered now. I'm just joking. <laughs> I can do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> that was great. Oh my god! Uh, an- another, another, you know, very unique um, comic series that kind of took off when it got released, uh, being brought into you know being brought put, uh, broadcast on Amazon Prime. Uh, B, what did you think of the boys? Are you a fan of the boys' comics? Do you think that the uh, in the same question that I asked you last time with the Umbrella Academy, uh, do you think that the boys' television show um, does it elevate or I guess lower the? Uh, it comic? it definitely elevated it. Um, Garth Garth Ennis is one of my favorite comic writers. Been reading him from way back in the Punisher Max days to to a lot of his stuff that he writes even now. And the boys, as much as I love the source material. The the way they're actually able to maintain the the just 
I guess you could even say pornographic nature of the show <laughs> right. and from the source material and make it make it um, uh, personable. Yeah. You know, uh, a lot of this stuff, like people can really feel the way the uh, Carl Urban, Carl Urban. Yeah, yeah, hello, Carl, everybody. Carl Urban again. Um, uh, the way he's able to make a butcher into this person that like you can both hate him for what he wants. To, I and mean, he almost kills a kid. Yeah, he almost yeah, kills yeah. a kid. But yeah. you, you but you can understand why. Yeah. But you can totally understand why. Um, and and the way one minute he's just this putrid character, and the next minute he's someone that you can totally feel because he just wants really justice. Yeah. Um, and along with the rest of the characters, I mean, mother's mother's milk, Eminem, um, M M M. He's he's there's there, all these characters are so better fleshed out, not only by the writers of the show, but also the actors themselves. You can see everybody's really vested in yeah. this show. Um, and to to not again, it's one of those things where people like the the books are flying off the shelf right now, but in the meantime, the show itself is is being churned out to such a to such an elevated level that I'm just waiting for you know them to these shows to start winning Emmys. Yeah, it, and it says ev- something about everything this show about political parties, about fake, um, you know, uh, not fake discrimination, but just trying to use uh, minorities to kind of push your agenda. Um, oh my God, the whole the whole lesbian subplot. Yes, <laughs> the the brave Maeve. Oh my God, <laughs> the brave Maeve bars, yeah. brave Maeve Jews. Oh my, the best was when they were going to be out in the open when they were gonna finally be able to be a couple, and then um. Oh, uh, what's her? Uh, what's her name? Allison or Aaron or whatever the freaking Maeve's, no Ashley. The no, yeah, the, oh yeah, Ashley. Ashley just comes. She's like, well, listen, you know, we need to like have you guys at more of a butch relationship. You need to be like more Portia de Rossi, Ellen DeGeneres, because anything that's two women in an open relationship looks like a Playboy headliner. Yeah, <laughs> they, she comes in with like pictures and stuff. You should probably wear this. You should probably wear that. Um, they deal a lot with that. There, there's a there's so many Nazism like and white supremacy religious aspect with the deep and his. Uh, the collective, which, which the is actually just Scientology, basically. Kind that's of that's kind is. of like that's just Scientology. That's, that is basically what See, it is. Yeah, I read exactly. the first. I read the first two volumes of the boys. No, I read the first volume of the boys because we covered the first volume in season one, like last year. Yeah, and I, st- I may have not have finished the boys, and I do actually want to finish it one day, but I don't think the comic is anywhere near what the show is to me. Like I you know love the me, comic. You know I do. It, you know what it is to me. The the comic, in my opinion, is a little bit irresponsible. It's too ed- it's edgy for edge's sake without right, any real, no like, real you know, consequence. At the there's end no of social that commentary. That tech that whole tech night issue. <laughs> I mean, oh come on! I would not be surprised if tech night shows up in that, the comic. Or when they go to Russia and you have um love uh, sausage, but, love they did, sausage. but they did love sausage. But they made two. love sausage a soup. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 They made love sausage a soup. But they just yeah, showed I mean, you how well, I mean the, like in the in the first volume they do the whole basically the X Men uh frat house thing, but they completely yeah. eliminated that from the first season. Yeah. Which I can understand why, because it, it it's very it's just gratuitous. Yeah. It's it's uh, just it was gratuitous. Like a bunch but, of but, B superheroes in a brothel, just like you see Popclaw like doing heroin and fucking guys and girls in a room. Like yeah, it was right. it was crazy. Right. That that first volume to me was like, yo, what are you then, then they went and did the whole 9-11 plane thing. And I'm like, come on. Come on. What are you doing? I think, you know, I think that they, they're trying to, I think the comic uh, wrote off people. They're like, this person is going to be shitty forever. And that's just what it is. And I think yeah. the show is saying that things are more complex than that. And, right, and that's and yeah. and that's where I, I definitely say with with the the show they wanted to add more depth. They didn't want it to just be 
black and white. They, they're, they're showing you that there's gray in everything. And I, I think that's one of the great aspects of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and did like, I, I think that I like my villains to be terrifying. And I think that Anthony Starr does a great job with Homelander. Like he'll walk up to somebody and put their hand on their shoulder. And I'm like, Oh my God, please don't kill him. Please don't kill him. Please, sir. Please. Oh my God. That poor daredevil kid. Oh yeah. my God. Oh, oh my God. God, that scene, I swear to God, after that scene, I had to pause, chain smoke two cigarettes, and just <laughs> rub my shoulders. No, that shit left, that scene left me cold oh. and empty. He just walks up with his hands behind his back. Eh, well, how about if I just do this? <laughs> yeah, he, he says something along and the now, line. Now, now what, you're just what, another what you, useless you fucking now? blind guy. Yeah, yeah, now you're yeah. just another right. useless fucking blind guy. <laughs> like, yo, what? Yeah, I mean, that was vicious. I mean, uh, and the, uh, like you said, with the political and the social commentary, uh, again, Giancarlo Esposito, Esposito showing his flexing his acting chops. Uh, what's the line exactly? Because I'm, I'm going to butcher it, but I know one of you guys uh, has said, to have yeah, it memorized. He says, I can't go around uh, raging out like some like some maniac. That's a white that's a white man's luxury. Yeah. Right. Oh, my God. And it, you talk about pausing. I had to pause in that yeah. scene and say. I was I'm sitting there waiting for Twitter and everything on the planet to explode with hate, and nothing was said about it and because he a I good feel Stillwell like Stillwell type of character too. I know he's not actually like they didn't put the actual Stillwell in here, which I wish they really did put the Stillwell character in uh, in the see. show. Oh man, there was a there was this one one part where Stillwell is like having an argument, not an argument, but like a talk with Homelander in the comics, and the way they drew his face, he's just deadpan. And he's looking at Homelander like, yo, if you're going to kill me, just just kill me. If you're not, yeah. just, you know, get out of here. Don't do nothing. You see, like, the sweat on Homelander's face. Like, they really should have put, like, still me, well in my, here. my language, or they're talking my language, is when they started doing that um, uh, Dawn of the Seven movie. <laughs> oh, my God. And they're talking about the, the weed and cut. Like, the Josh, the Josh version uh-huh. is, really, is really better or whatever. And all the bad dialogue. When they, have, they write the scene in the A-Train leaves the team. <laughs> I think yes. I got to st- I've been running my whole life. It's time to run for something else. It's like, how are you going to kick out A-Train if this is the origin movie? And they, like, they wrote him a rap theme. They wrote him a rap uh, a rap yep. song about yep. him. Oh, my God. The fucking Starlight tribute song for, for Translucent. For Translucent. Oh, oh it's hilarious. My. He's a hero. Oh, <laughs> my God. It, they, they know what they know how to parody because they know what they're parodying. And, they, and they're doing like it with passion song. and a point. Yeah, it sounded like a worship song. Like, you couldn't, if you threw that in with It's a, like the Arms a, of the a, Angel song. Yeah. Oh, hilarious. She definitely so was singing in funny. the arms of an angel. Of an angel. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. with, um, with the Stormfront basically saying, look, everybody agrees with me until you start being called a Nazi. And then it's like, whoa, wait a minute now. Yeah, like, she's like, you have uh, followers. I have an army. Like I have, right, you know, you uh, people that make yours. me memes and and help me trend, and it's like it it it's the Trumpism of it all. She's like, it's don't worry about don't worry about me sharing these memes. You need to worry when your uncle starts sharing these memes. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah well, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's or what, the or the, yeah. the or the fat Neil shooting, shooting the, the clerk because he saw the light in his almost eyes. Almost like almost like he was incited by a by a by person. a political <laughs> advocate. Right, almost. almost. Oh, I'm not. Man. I'm not. I'm not getting these references guys can you explain this to me please we're talking about uh batman returns max shrek is in there and he's doing all this political (laughs) stuff 
Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no, I, I, that was, that was, I guess my sarcasm was too good. I was no, being no, sarcastic. it was, no, it was awesome. It was awesome. <laughs> no, but yeah, they you better know who Fat Neil is. They're juggling. They're I know, juggling. yeah, I know who Fat Neil is. Come on, man, I was upset when they did that to Fat Neil. I'm Poor like, why Neil. did Fat Neil become a racist? He's fabulous, Neil. Did Greendale mess him up that badly? Nah, you know what it was? It was the Greendale Seven that messed him up. Greendale, Greendale. I mean, because I mean, come on. I guess what's her name left him. His girl left him. Is that oh, what started him down? Or girl that he helped Golly, with the. I can't even remember. It was, the, the, it was potato, the potato episode. The potato. Yes, it was a potato episode. I did it for him. Yes. <laughs> wasn't that that wasn't Vicky? Vicky. Wasn't it was Vicky. Vicky. It was Vicky. 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 It was Vicky. No, he, he ends up marrying her. Yeah. He ends up like proposing or marrying her by yeah. the end of the show. So um, I guess I guess in the boys they get divorced and he just becomes this online you know uh, edge lord. Yeah. And now he's shooting minorities that, in the face because of glints in their eyes. So that opening was so sick because it shows what a crazy person is going through the motions like he wakes up he watches political news he travels and does his errands watches political news goes to the same store every day and then one day by accident a, a truck passes by and the light happens to reflect in his eyes a certain way and my man is just carrying around the pistol with no re- that is why i love the boys because it shows you people will you don't know who has what on them they didn't make it seem like he was crazy either they just no made they it just seem made- like he was Amped up and amped up and amped up. But and there Which, was no way that he even that you would even think he had a gun on him the entire time until he actually at the moment pulls out the gun. Because you don't know who got him on you in the first place anyway. That's what's so. I don't know. I I, I I kind of saw it coming because that I've been saying. I mean, not 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 to get on this this political thing too high, but he's got to stop watching the news. You know yeah. what I mean? No, yeah. we don't. I, oh man, it's it's nothing just, but chaos. It's depression. It's yeah. I've I, one of the reasons why I no longer live in the state that I used to live in was I felt like that between how many people were constantly around me and all those people just all they wanted to do was speak negatively. Yeah, I just I had to get the hell out because it was just like the world is not that bad of a place, y'all. It really right. ain't. Right. But if you watch the news all the time, and you will think it is. That's what my grandmother telling, does. They're constantly telling you how bad of a place it is. Then, yeah, you'll start to believe it. And plus, like, the, I think the earth is fucked uh, in general. But you, the great thing about it is you can make your own little earth. You know, you bring your own, you have your own friends, your own family. You keep a tight circle. You do the things that you like to do. And you make sure that you're treating everybody with love and respect. And you can you can carve out a pretty happy existence on this very crappy planet, I think. <laughs> just, if you just, but it, it's got to be for you. You can't sit and wait for the world to give you what you think you want or you deserve. You gotta right. cut that cut that little uh, thing out for yourself. Um, speaking of cutting out um, something for themselves, Harley Quinn returned very quickly with season two on HBO Max. Season one was on DC Universe. Um, I think we're gonna end up trying to cover both seasons in February around Valentine's Day. Uh, Dan, did you like? Oh, we saw an episode yesterday. Dan. Yeah. Oh my God, yo, Alex, <laughs> we saw one of the. Funniest openings I have ever seen in my entire life. It was a fat white guy wearing what was the, the release? No, it wasn't. No, it was released a Snyder Cut shirt, and it was a, a person of color, a normal thinking human being, with a um, the Last <laughs> Jedi isn't canon shirt. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. my this, god. And this white guy is literally on his computer talking about how Harley Quinn is nothing but virtual signaling and white knightism and yeah. making white people out <laughs> to be the bad guy, and he has this like. Remember comic book guy on Family? Oh, not Family Guy. Simpsons. He sounded. Simpsons, yes. He sounded like him with a more nasally. He's like, he's like, you know, the virtual signaling and this show is just too much, and I just can't take it anymore. And the other guy's like, 
did you even watch it? And he goes, like, of no. course not. I didn't watch it <laughs> because it's stupid. And it's like, wait, so how do you have these things to say about it? It's hilarious. And the, um, the, it, it, I showed Dan what was, was possibly one of my favorite episodes, which is a Batman-only episode. So I don't think you can really use that to gauge uh, you know, the show because it's a Harley Quinn show. But if you haven't seen uh, Harley Quinn, have you heard any, any good things about it? Uh, I, oof, it, I, I, I must have missed the memo because I'm oblivious to what it is you're talking about. Oh, oh, um, the cartoon show with um Kelly Cuco, Kaylee Cluk, Kaylee Cloco, yes. Kayuko? Oh, I, I'm t- I'm more aware of her other show where she's a stewardess, a, uh, a flight attendant. Oh, uh, the flight attendant! <laughs> I gotta get into that show. I'm not gonna lie. She, you know what I mean? No, she's the voice I, actress behind uh, Harley Quinn. And she Harley actually Quinn. is a. Lo- I would say she is up there next to um. What Tara Strong? They're short. She's like They're up short there. Episodes. Is it Tara Strong that voices her? Yeah, I could have sworn um, it was Tara Strong. The first one wasn't, but yeah, Tara no, the Strong. No, the the, the video game. games, the Arkham yeah, video yeah, games. Yeah, that was yeah. Tara Strong. Yeah. Oh, but but Tara, but Tara Strong is the voice behind Raven, correct? Yes. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yes. yes and yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Slade's uh, partner from a the... lot of people. She's fucking yeah. She did. Tara yeah. No, Strong Tara Strong is up there. Yeah. Um, but I I I apologize, guys. I am not aware. Whew. There. Well, look at this voice cast. We got Ron Funches. Is in this um, okay. Alan Tudyk, Jim wow. Rash. All right. Yes, Jim Rash wow. is the yep, oh, Jim wow. Rash is Riddler. Uh, wow. Uh, who else is in this? Is uh is what's his name the community creator behind this? Because I feel like whenever we get those <laughs> names uh involved, then he's Dan usually Harman? involved also. Dan I mean, Harmon. Yeah. Dan Harmon could totally do one, but uh, fun fact: Dan Harmon actually responded to my Instagram post that I tagged him in. And oh. I'm still to this day so happy. It was it was from an episode of Community where uh it was this it was the the student body council one where Joe Biden was supposed to make an appearance so they decided. To oh, you talking about the, the uh um uh crisis alert? Yeah, yeah, yeah yes, yeah. So uh no 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 crisis alert was well, crisis alert was um model the UN model, the model UN. UN okay. Yes, yeah, so no this one this one was the student student body where uh Allison Brie gets the video of uh Jeff with at the MTV Real Worlds. Audition tape. Oh yes, and yes. Abed had like this little like love uh, chemistry with a Secret Service agent. So yes, there yes. was a point in the episode where Joe Biden makes a. Well, Joe Biden's not actually in the show, but they make it where Joe Biden says, "I just had a dream that I was a real president." So I found that pic. <laughs> I took that picture and I put it on Instagram and I put, "Imagine finding out Dan Harmon predicted the future," and he commented saying, "I forgot," and then I. Went, <laughs> He's like, oh, he's like, I forgot with a bunch of explanation marks. I'm like, yo, now you're up there with the Simpsons for predicting the future. That's it. It's hilarious. That's it. Um, so check out some of these names. We got Wayne Knight. Yes. Uh, Phil I Lamar. Sanaya Lathan. Ooh. Uh, Alfred Molina. Wanda Sykes. Jacob Tremblay. Will Sasso. <laughs> oh, this is a voice um, cast. Uh, like I said, Jim Rash. Rachel Dratch. Um, Andy Daly. But one of my favorites, uh, Juan Carlos Esposito. Coming in as Lex Luthor. As Lex Luthor. As Lex nice. Luthor. So it, it, it's pretty legit. Like one of the episodes that I, I would recommend is an episode where uh, uh, Harley figures out that if she's going to be on her own, she's going to need her own uh, nemesis, like her own one person to fight. And the person that chooses her is uh, Damian Wayne's Robin. And he's voiced by Jacob Tremblay, who's like seven. So you have wait a minute, wait a minute, Jacob. I know he's from the Good Boys. Yes. So he's very young. Wow. And so he voices Robin. So Robin's voice sounds like a cute 
cuddly little kid. And Harley Quinn's like, I'm not fucking fighting this kid. Like, I'm not, like, that's not going to be my villain. It's it's really, really good stuff. Speaking of wow. that. And Kite Man. Kite Man's a Oh, yeah. Big, Kite Man is a big Kite one in the show, huge, actually. Yeah. Uh, a huge part of the show. Kite and Man he is, does has his a big Tom thing. King, tight, uh, Kite Man, hell yeah. All the time. Which, you know, Tom King had uh, familiar, uh, famously uh, familiarized in his Batman run. To, uh, Kite Man constantly saying, saying, saying hell yeah. 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 Uh. So yeah. Good. Stuff. I got a question. I got a question for you, Baroque. So, because uh, for, for, for since we're already on the topic of Damien, how do you feel about Aiden Gallagher number five being able to play a Damien? Could you oh, see, I mean, could you I could totally see it. Number five totally being Damien Wayne. It. Yes, I could totally see. I mean, the the guy, the guy, he's. How do you play a a, a boy character who's actually in a, an adult man, who really, as an even as an adult man, is someone who is a is someone who skipped their childhood, so they never got to understand what's going on with their lives. Who's now this? You know, it's, it's the 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 acting chops on this on this kid. I mean, how how old is that actor? He, he's right got to be no about, more than fifteen. Right now, he's about fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, so I think he yeah. might, he's a little bit too old for Damien. But you could use movie. I mean, listen, Tobey Maguire was thirty years old when he played. 60 precisely, Peter Parker, precisely. So. F- f- a 15 year. I mean, come on. We got right now. We got a, a Cobra Kai show that everybody's talking about. Where we got a bunch of 25 year olds playing high school kids. So we, a 15 year old can play Ralph Damien. Ralph Macho was it's... older than half of his cast for Karate Kid. Ralph Macho was like 23 when he played Daniel Larusso. <clears throat> oh, right. Well, I'm talking about the, the, the. Have you watched the Cobra Kai show? Because actually, that's all. I'm actually. In, I'm not gonna lie. I'm actually interested in trying to get into Cobra Kai. The only reason I started watching it was because I needed something stupid to watch in the background that oh, I knew yeah, I wouldn't I have exactly to. exactly how that feels. And so I was like, oh, I'll put this on while I'm, while I'm organizing my comic book collection. And lo and behold, I'm now – I just finished season two. But as anyway, as I was watching, I'm just noticing, oh, look, a bunch of 25-year-olds playing 15- and 16-year-olds. All right. And so, so having this actor play Damian Wayne as as a you know even a, saying he's twelve or thirteen, totally believable. The guy, the guy can um, obviously do an action scene, and he can easily do the acting that 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 gritty, sarcastic. I will kill you and smile about it, uh, Robin. I could totally see him and doing it. And look at him when, so. when in, in the first season of Umbrella Academy, where you get really the first. Um, uh, number five scene in that bank robbing part, and you see him in the whatever those eyewear. Call, I don't know what is there an actual name for that eyewear. Domino. Uh, yes, there is. I'm domino trying mask. to. It's right. It's domino. Mask. There you go. Yeah, domino mask. Yes, okay, so yes. when you see Ian Gallagher great. in the in the domino mask, and his eyes are like all white, and with he... the slick back hair, you just yeah, throw, that's you throw a yellow all day for me. That's yes, yes, it is. I could totally see him doing it. However, if they don't do it soon, he's yeah, gonna be too old. That's the problem. That's the problem. It's like if we, if we can get. At least him to be in, I don't know. Put it, put him in Batgirl for a second. Just give me a cameo of Damon Wayne doing his thing in the new Batgirl and the new Batwoman show, and it's like, you know, I'll be happy. I just want, I want Aiden Gallagher as Damian Wayne. That's all I know. Thank yeah, so uh, it would be nice. I mean, did you guys get a chance to watch the new Batwoman last night? I did not. I was too busy getting mad at Death in the Family. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I actually, I'm not gonna lie. To I it? want to see the new Batwoman. I, yeah, I, I definitely am going to watch it. I was too busy watching uh, football last ah, night. So, America's pastime. Yeah, you know, it was a good game. It was a good game. So, <laughs> uh, there were two babies uh, smothered in the crib in 2020. Oh, Deadly God. Class and Hellstrom, both two comic book uh, television shows. I think Hellstrom was on Hulu and Deadly Class was on Sci-Fi. Uh, yes. But yeah, push came to shove, and they both had season ones that I was not able to see. 
I wish I had the time for it, but now it doesn't even seem to matter because it is. Uh, they're both canceled. Did any of you guys were you able to see Hellstrom or Deadly Class? I had no idea these uh, two shows even existed. <laughs> yeah, I I wanted to put the time into them, but I'm one. I'm a cord cutter, <clears throat> yeah. so I don't have cable. And by the time I wanted to somehow, some way, watch Deadly Class because it was brilliantly written by Rick Remender, yes. um, and I would highly recommend the series. It was it's about it's about a five volume or six volume. Uh, a series by image uh yeah it's it was canceled and then the idea of damon hellstrom i was like ooh, that sounds interesting and by the time i re-upped my hulu subscription the show got the axe so i was like <laughs> there 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 it is yeah, i was like i guess of, uh, hellstrom goes that show and that yeah, yeah i mean it looked like marvel was gonna dive into some of their more occult uh stuff but i guess they pulled back a little bit and doing the same on the dc uh side Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing came back this year. Uh, even though it died last year. No, I'm uh, glad we get to like actually be able to talk about Swamp Thing for 2020 because that's more of a show that now other people can get into. Especially yeah, I had a friend that, of mine like, walk up to me and go, have you seen Swamp Thing? I said, I saw the whole <laughs> we thing covered last it. year. Like, yeah, we... uh, what are you? He's like, I'm like on episode three and I'm like, just keep Keep on it. No, like, he. You know? uh, t- yeah, tell tell your friend. Wait till the episode where it's um. But it's gonna fall flat and... for them because they have. The, it's almost the same thing with Swamp Thing, where seemingly the last episode is a is a penultimate episode. Yeah. You get the you get Woodrow, um, there and his reveal, and that they don't go anywhere. No, with but it. that was ended up being an end credit. That was the worst part. Oh, yeah, like is that when you got uh, the, the, when you got the Floronic Man? It ended up being a post credit scene. I think in a better show they would have had their big smash them up in, in the last episode. Yes. And because this got canceled, we probably are robbed of that. Um, but it came back to CW. I don't know what was going to happen this year I with it. Have, we, have you seen any of the ratings, the way the the ratings are on it, the Nielsen ratings? Uh-uh. See if you could check that out, though. Because I want to check out the Nielsen ratings to I, see if I, it at least did anything. Jonathan Escudero, a.k.a. Yogi, another co-host on this podcast, is the one who first recommended me to read Swamp Thing. And it, it's it's like a novel. But that's Alan Moore, man. Oh no, you Alan know. Moore's Swamp Thing run is like the—it's like the definitive run for Swamp Thing. Everything even, you know about Swamp Thing today, Alan Moore did for there's us. There's a, but there's like even recently, people have been uh, lording um, Scott Snyder's from the New Fifty Two, and there was also did, was it Tom King who wrote the Winter Special? Holy crap! Yes, one it was um, Tom King that wrote the Winter Special because you yes. showed you showed me the Winter Special. We watched it together. Yeah, I've not yeah. watched. Uh, we did the the slideshow on DC Universe app together for the Winter yeah, Special. That's up. one of my favorite little quick things. <laughs> that was messed Here up. we go. This gets me excited. You know what Swamp Thing season one has for on Rotten Tomatoes right now? Uh, a ninety two percent. That's wow. why I'm. You, you can't see it, B, but I'm smiling hard because I actually love it's. Top three DC shows for me. Like, George can tell you, I fell in love with Swamp Thing because of this show. 90 well, no, I, I What? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm very happy about that. Swamp Thing is uh, one of my favorite DC characters. Um, the Alan Moore run is, like you said, it's, it's a perfect it's a perfect run. It's, it's a great blend of humanity and horror. Um, and then the Scott Snyder run, I happily own that to this day, every issue. And even when it goes into Charles Soule continuing it, and even now, he's kind of been getting a lot of uh, extra exposure in Future State and a couple of here and there showing up in uh, books here and there. The character's uh, so awesome, and there's so much unique material that can come from it. I'm not amazed that the show it must be good. So I hope I hope to get the chance to watch it. I hope the show continues its success. 
It's one you of know, the most high concept characters they have. It was honestly. actually nominated for an award at the Saturn Awards. At the Saturn Awards in 2019, it was nominated for best streaming superhero television series. Ah, of all nice. the television shows that, of all the superhero yeah. str- streaming, of all the streaming superhero shows that came out in 2019, this was the one that got nominated over The Boys, over Umbrella oh, Academy, and Doom Patrol. This um, is that. I love this show so much. And they, they have moments of gore. They have moments of horror in the show, um, which is, you know, you can't do Swamp Thing without horror. But it would be absolute horror if they don't renew it for season two, which they weren't going to on DC uh, Universe. But we'll see what, what happens when we get to. Um, well, in DC January of 2021, Pedowitz, Pedowitz, yeah. Mark Pedowitz, the, uh-huh. the CW president. Uh-huh. Said it called it unlikely for the series to return to the CW, but Damn did it. state there is a slim possibility for the character to, to to appear on other Arrowverse series such as Legends of Tomorrow. So we might not get a season two of Swamp Thing. Like, he, yeah, the president says it's unlikely we're going to get a season two of Swamp Thing, but there is a possibility. That you can't he will just be throw him in. on a team though, because he's so freaking big and so freaking he controls. But the there's entire so many, Earth. yeah, <laughs> there's so many iconic stories that you can tell with him. Uh, Maybe you need to do one of those stories like when he took over Gotham and just greened it all up. Maybe they, that, that's where he'll, he'll be like a, a kind of villain turned hero in one of these other shows and stuff. We'll see what they end up doing with old Alec Holland. I hope they do something good. Like, you know, like, cause like, honestly, like the, the way the actor himself, I know, th- I know that there were two different actors. There was the body actor yeah. and then the voice actor and the guy that we see as Alec Holland is the voice actor. He was a great job. And Crystal Reed. Crystal Reed, yo, Crystal Reed. <laughs> oh my she's lord, have man. mercy. That's a Abby. Abby. Ab- Ab- Abby was the best. We got Virginia Madsen and freaking Bill. Pa- no, Will Patton. Yeah, Virginia Madsen and Will Patton were in this show. Like you gotta continue it. It has to be continued. I mean, the character's been around for a long time, but he didn't celebrate a birthday last year. Oh, we had two DC no. characters celebrate Monumentous birthdays last year. Robin and Joker both at eighty. Uh, 80 years in the comic book lore. I want to say Catwoman was... There was also a Catwoman uh, anniversary issue? There was an anniversary. I don't know was I don't know if it was 80... I don't think it was 80th year, but it was, but there was an anniversary of it, some kind it, for her, uh, yeah. It was it's 80th. 60th. No, well, I have 80th year. Catwoman, 80th anniversary, 100-page super spectacular. Oh, it, well, because oh, it says her first appearance was Batman number one, spring of 1940. Which, so now, now we're in the 2020s. That would yeah, be 80 years. 80 years of Selena Kyle. Uh, or Catwoman. And yeah, so those three characters, are you guys surprised at the length those characters have withstood? And were you able to read any of the 100-page Super Spectaculars, B? Um, I did not I did not read either one of theirs. Um, I was still <laughs> recovering from how many times I bought the uh, Action Comics and Detective Comics anniversary books. I bought like five, five, five copies of each of those. That's funny. I had to get all the covers. Um, but the Joker one, I, I just something about celebrating villains as iconic as a Joker is and essential to uh, comic them as he is. I just, I just couldn't bear to do it. I didn't care about it enough. Um, I'm kind of Jokered out at this point. Um, so I just didn't care. Uh, if I see it in a back issue bin, maybe I'll pick up a copy. Uh, and Robin, um, I, I again, I get, I get, I get the uh, appeal of Robin and I, I, his importance to the Batman lore, but not enough that he deserves his own anniversary <laughs> issue. I just didn't, I just don't see it. You know, to me, more has come out of the after effects of Robin. Yeah. I would much rather see Nightwing and um, and uh, Red Robin 
and uh, you know, even even though I hate Red Hood, that whole story, the whole story of Jason Todd to me is fantastic. Uh, when when you get comic book readers to vote for your death, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, you must have left some kind of impression. Right. So so I I understand the uh, the history behind the character. I just didn't care to pick up the issues. My um, Robin and I know it might be yeah, we might be aging ourselves here, but personally, me, my Robin will always be Tim Drake. That's Always. a lot of people. That's, that's a lot of people. He's the, like a, he's the Robin I grew up with. A lot same of way Wally West that. is my Flash. I was just about to say that. A lot of people say that. Say that Wally is their Flash. And there's nothing, Wally West is my no, Flash. Wrong with that. I won't even lie. I can't even lie to you. If I'm going to actually be truthful. Don't lie to me. Jon Stewart is my is my Green Lantern too. Well, Justice John, League John, Limited. Every, Justice League, uh, yeah, because Justice League Limited mm-hmm. came out when I was nine, ten years old. So like I, like I I'm, I'm at my foundation of my nerdism. Growing up with Wally West... And uh, John Stewart, and I got yep. Tim, I got Tim Drake as Batman's Robin in the animated series. Like, like so, I might be aging myself, but I personally I love Tim Drake because. If, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't he the one that's like the best detective of all the Robins? Yeah, that's what, yes. that's what Batman yes. says. Um, yes. I, I yes. actually didn't. So here's a here's a, a quick tangent. B. I actually didn't understand slash like Tim Drake until the hundred page. Super spectacular because really yeah they make it a point to say that Tim is a Robin because he wants to be you know like he he doesn't have the same tragic backstories as some oh, of the other Robins so it was basically though that um, eventually I think Carrie Kelly dies, so it's like a Carrie Kelly I, of in it in the beginning of it he's fine like he's fine he just thinks that Batman needs a Robin so the idea that like Batman's not even doing this out of pure altruism, he's doing this because he has a uh, uh, axe to grind yeah. with crime right. and all that kind of stuff. So the fact that Tim Drake is a volunteer in this war, when things are going relatively well for him, really opened my eyes to like, oh wow, he must really like saving the world. I guess you know. Like, no, no, I mean, no, no. Tim Tim Drake is a is a fantastic character. Don't get me wrong. Um, I do like the characters. I just didn't want to spend the money on <laughs> on a on a on a on a anniversary issue. No, I totally. Um, get it. You know, um, yeah, no, I, I think I think even in the New 52, again, because DC loves to reboot things, I think in, in either New 52 or Rebirth, they made it so that he actually was never even a Robin. He just was Red Robin. Oh, yes, you're right. Yeah, Red Robin. You know, but I think they but I think they went ahead and changed that back because everyone was like, whoa, he has to Bruce be a Robin. They also made younger but kept everyone else the same age, which didn't make any sense. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they, 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 these reboots are are getting out of hand. The last because I I love New Fifty Two, reboot I tolerated, and what's going on now? I'm like, I'm like, well, we'll see what's gonna happen, you know. <laughs> certain, certain reboots, especially for DC, can be incredibly confusing at times. But thank God we got something as straight. And to the point as death metal, right? Something that is easy to read, <laughs> doesn't confuse anyone at all, <laughs> with the various amounts of chaos magic or Doctor Manhattan of it all. Sar- um, sarcasm meter, sarcasm meter is exploding just, right just now. A bit, just a bit. I am a huge Scott Snyder fan. Um, his run of Batman in the New Fifty Two made me dedicated. He to did the All Star one, right? Where uh, Two Face was like uh, dropped all the information on oh, like everyone. Yeah, yeah, Batman yeah. All Star was yeah, Scott yeah, Snyder, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I with think him Jim... and KG Beast have that fight. Yeah, yes, yes, yeah. All Star, All Star Batman. Yeah, that was a great. That was a great oh, run too. God, yeah. that was uh, yo Alfred. That was man. the only way I could get my Scott Snyder's Batman while Tim while Tom King was doing his magic. <laughs> I was like, mm. thank God I have this. But um, Court of Owls 
he's immensely great at fleshing things out. I think I still have but, your Quarter Owls book that I borrowed. Probably. I got to give it back to you. <laughs> but right now, he's trying to flesh out everything. Everything. And that, that, that's nothing wrong with him. He, he's, he's, he does that, and that's what he's good at. But DC's lore is so dense as it is that he's added another encyclopedia easily. Easily with the introduction of people like Perpetua bringing Manhattan over, the metaverse, all of that stuff is adding a whole nother volume to DC's lore in a good way, but in a way that I have to wait until all of this comes in trades before I'm able to tackle it. I, I followed Metal issue to issue with tie-ins, and it was a bit exhausting. I tried to follow Doomsday Clock, and then it fell off the freaking earth. So I, I, for a while with some of this stuff, I'm trying to wait and be patient uh, before I dive in. Uh, how do you feel about Death Metal as it currently stands? Uh, 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 death metal, death metal. I, I honestly, much like you, uh, Dark Knight's metal drained me because there was so much depth in that book that I was like, whoa. I mean, I'm, I know comic book lore, Marvel way more than DC, but getting into, getting into uh, metal was incredibly difficult. There was so much going on, so many moving parts, so many different tie-ins that I was, I was lost so that I'm waiting for the collected edition of death metal to, to read it so I can read it in one bite. Um, because yeah, Scott Snyder, let me wrong. He's one of my favorite writers. Um, I have so many of his other books. I collect so much of his other uh, stuff. Like I highly recommend his Undiscovered Country right now that he's writing with Charles So on Image. But with, with everything he did following Batman, that that, that beautiful Batman run he did yeah. with Justice League and uh, Metal and now Death Metal, it's so it's so uh, how do you? I, I hate to say convoluted because I, I, I think dense. if you I use dense, <laughs> de, yeah, dense, dense, structured could be another good word. There's a lot of you it. know, it's there's a, there's a lot to it. Um, and it, to me, like when I talk to people who are DC purists, they love it because they're they understand every little tie-in and reference to a, to a better degree than that I I I have. So I look forward to reading it in a chunk because it's Scott Snyder. Much like Grant Morrison, a lot of people don't get Grant Morrison when he gets into his uh, high high ideas or big ideas. You, you, but when you read it in a big chunk, in a in a graphic novel sense, it all comes together. So I'm looking forward to reading uh, Death Metal like that. Yeah, yeah, um, a lot of Batman in that. I don't, you know, I ho- I'm hoping for a little bit of change in the status quo, but we're supposed to be getting it with DC Future State. Um, you know, where, D, you know, this is going to replace their 5G initiative, which was supposed to be the fifth generation of DC Comics, where they introduce new people inside traditional mantles that we know and love, but new heroes will be taking on those mantles. Instead, we're going to get uh, what I believe is going to be a temporary look into the future, where we're going to see characters like Tim Fox take on the Batman mantle, characters like Yara Floor take on Wonder Woman, uh, a bunch of diversity, a bunch of new blood pumped in a bunch of cool twists and turns have you given uh future state a glance b and what do you think about its potential oh i mean well to get into future state you also have to get into the politics of the dc universe yes this is true. um dan dan didio was uh relieved of his of his uh publisher duties at at dc Something's going on over at DC. Um, AT&T and Warner Brothers, I, to me, they must not be happy with what's going on because 5G was supposed to be um, Dan Didio's next master craft. And uh, AT&T and Warner Brothers, I, I believe, went ahead and said, yeah, to hell with your plans. 
uh, we, we need something new because we're getting our asses kicked by um, by Marvel and Disney. Right. Um, so so 5G, like you said, turned into this temporary future state. It's only going to be a two month event where uh, we're kind of fast forwarding a bit into the future to see where to see the aftermath of death metal. And yeah, I, I honestly have gotten every future state book so far. I haven't had a chance to read them all because it's already about 15 issues deep. Oh yeah, I saw your every- post. You like you, you you had like like six books on your bed and you posted it on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, have, I've have, been Did I, you check out the Wonder Woman one because that's the yes, one I'm I, the most interested in actually. No, it's I mean, look, how do you how do you make Wonder Woman more sassy? Make her Latina, and yeah, it's great. It's 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 great. I'm um, so di- I, like, I love the diversity. I I was telling this to George when we were um covering uh, uh the Batman when we were covering news for Star in the Star Girl episode. We had to talk about the fact that uh Ruby Rose was being uh, leaving Bat Batwoman, yeah. and that we got this new actress. And when I found out that this actress, the character that they're making for the Batwoman season two, isn't actually a comic book character. Like they totally did their own original character for this role. I said, yes, yes, please give me the diversity. There's, there is no reason why women of color and, and, and non-black women of color shouldn't be able to look at Wonder Woman and Batwoman and say, yes, I want to dress up like them for Halloween. Yes, me too. I want well. I get. Yeah. To, I. I, I want to do that. As I well. get to be diverse. I get to see myself being represented. How many people have to watch, uh, you know, certain movies and they don't see their actual look being represented? More so, the feelings and the emotions and things that they've gone through. But I, I love that we have now a, a Brazilian Wonder Woman. Give me yes, a Brazilian yes. Wonder Woman. Give me yeah. a freaking Lucius Fox's son as Batman. Give me it all. Come yeah, on. I mean, and that's and that's and that's what DC is doing. They're giving you it all because, um, you know, Diana Prince is still Wonder Woman, but now we have another Wonder Woman. Uh, ba- uh Bruce Wayne is still is still around, but you also have um Tim Fox as Batman as well. And that's what no one's so you're, understanding you're... that these characters are not dying. We're not writing no, off yeah. Batman and Diana and Superman. They're not going away, and you're never going to see them again. But you know, the mantle needs to be picked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so John Kent is so, taking over Superman. Perfect. Uh, right, right. Uh, I right. Feel like there was another uh, very big one. Oh. But yeah, yeah. I think, uh, I think, I think, I uh, think. What's gonna call it? Uh, Nightwing is becoming Deathstroke. Dickstroke. Yeah, we got Dickstroke. Jesus Christ, that's. Um, and you want to talk about two characters that have a lot of history, right? So, like, yes. the idea that he would take over that mantle, I think, is absolutely crazy. But yeah, you would think that some people are gonna switch allegiances. Um, some people are going to be hardened by time and other people are going to be softened by time. It'd be cool to see where the DC universe is at that time, but hopefully it does well enough that they keep these guys around. It doesn't become like a pocket universe that gets fixed with the next event or whatever. No, I mean, as far as Yara Floor, I believe is already slated to stick around. I think awesome. she's they're already banking on her so much that I believe they're even slated to make a show around her or, or, or even a movie or something, that something like, like that's DC. going on. Something that kind of maybe might work. Let's just throw all the money at it. <laughs> you know, I think, I think, like you said, I think they're kind of banking on the diversity right now because look, look at, look at what Miles Morales has done for the Spider-Man universe. Yeah, but, but also people forget the backlash when that happened. You know, like there was, there was a vocal minority that was like, yeah, uh, yeah, we don't need this one. We have. I mean, that. I mean, because at one point, like, kind of like how Dan just said, where DC is not eliminating their characters; they're just adding to them. D, uh, Marvel went through a, a state where they were eliminating 
their character. Like, they, in order to make space for Miles Morales, they got rid of Ultimate Peter Parker. Yeah. In order to make space for Riri Williams, the the female Black Iron Man, they they put Iron Man into a coma. Um, Cap with to, uh, you know with with uh, Sam Wilson. Um, Sam, right, Cap. Thor. Cap got. Became the age Cap uh, Thor became unworthy, and all these characters went to the wayside to make room for females and minorities. Which, if, if for me, any 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 fool who reads comics knows this is a temporary thing. So when there was a massive backlash about it, I told these people it's it's going to be temporary. I mean, I mean, Cap. I, I love calling him Captain Falcon. Yeah. When uh, Cap, when Captain Falcon was Cap for for maybe <laughs> a year. A year and a half, you know, but I love that those stories. They were great stories. Um, the Jane Foster run by Jason Aaron was fantastic. I mean, it was talk. I mean, I it's it's almost sacrilegious to say, but to me, the Jason Aaron run was better than the Walter Simonson run uh, of Thor. Uh, Yeah, yeah, but it, I mean. When you when you read it, read the whole thing. It, it's an it's an amazing story. Oh, if you go all the way through through to uh, uh, War of the Realms, it's it's all a perfect encapsulation. At that and, well, and not even War of the Realms, man. You got to go all the way through to King Thor, man. Oh yeah, you're right. You're you're right. You're hundred percent right. It's King Thor is the last chapter of that. Is is the last chapter, and it ends beautifully. Yeah, yeah. Is with his daughters and with what and with what King Thor does. I mean, it's it's a great story. Uh, Jason Aaron knocked it out of the park. I think it was like a five year run. Crazy. Which nowadays in comics is unheard of. Yeah, it was a crazy um, run, and it's not like everyone was picking it up the instant he started dropping it. You know, like it's no, because a lot of a lot of people dropped it because of Jane Foster. Oh, if, uh, this girl's Thor, and 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 what's yeah, happening she to had my an amazing design though. She did. I thought she had an. I personally the thought she had an amazing is, design. Is, 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 is heart wrenching. <laughs> you know, it, it tugs at the heartstrings. Yeah, yeah, and that, and then not just that, but the, I love the way they made that Mjolnir responded differently to her. Like it, it, it did. Like even Thor was like that. The hammer never did that for me. Yeah, you know, yeah. There, there were certain things that were happening. So it, it was a great story, fantastic story. Um, and so, so again, now DC is is doing is kind of emulating that, but not completely because. Um, people want to see diversity of these comic book characters. Um, so much so that even though, like you said, with Miles Morales, there was that initial backlash. Now, one of the most highly anticipated <laughs> yep. movies, movies, period, now is Spider-Verse Part 2. Look at that. Look at the uh, video game sales for the Miles Morales oh, yeah. video game. Exactly. You know, uh, exactly. He, he changed the game when it came to that. People, you have an opportunity. You can either change the game or you can stick to the status quo. What did you think Three Jokers did? Um, uh, I think d- three. I think three jokers happened, and no one gave a shit. No one gave a shit. Um, man. It was one of those because that was really highly anticipated. Once they were talking about uh, dropping Black Label, and uh, Jeff John said he was working on it, and he had a big story for it. Uh, and then it kind of just, like you said, dissipated. But it was one yeah. of the stories of the year. And I and I read it. I owned all three issues. And as far as a story goes, it was fine. But did it need to be told? No, because in the end, I think people were expecting to read something along the lines of Doomsday Clock where we were going to get maybe this existential and and maybe multiverse thing happening. And yeah. all it was was it's it's three jokers and he who's the real one who created who. And I think people I mean, look, I'm very jokered out. I am very <laughs> jokered out. Oh, so, yep, it, yep, same thing. you know, I mean, you, you're talking about. In the and since 1989, the man has appeared in God knows how many stories. Right. Um, so I mean, 
Three Jokers, yeah, it, I I don't see, I don't hear anyone talking about it when it was coming out, and now it was just one of those things that had happened. Yeah, so it, unless you're the biggest Joker fan, I don't see any reason to have to read it. So you weren't hyped for the debut of Joker's new boo uh, punchline? Oh God. No, oh, because God. much like her code name says, um, she, that's what she is right now. She DC is, right is still now. trying to push her down her throats, but I don't see her becoming a bigger deal than she is right now. That means in 20 years she'll get her own movie, right? It'll be Punchline and the Teen Titans or something? <laughs> something like that, right? It'll be exactly or, or uh, <laughs> Punchline punch and the Challengers of the Unknown. No, no, punch, punch, Punchline and the Outsiders, you there know you what go. I mean? Oh, yeah, there you go. Punchline and the Outsiders. Um, yeah, yeah. That was a big collector's issue that came out this year punchline's debut people snatched that thing up it's already on ebay for all kinds of money and i think people are anticipating the kind of harley coin of it all they're just i it, to me it reminds me of hey do you guys remember joker's daughter oh my god i hated joker's daughter right i think that's what yes i think that's what's gonna happen with punchline you want to talk about like a freaking garbage character like just a just a no one like no one ever gave, cared enough about her to make her three-dimensional but no there was there there was that initial oh my god to her you know what i mean yeah, like everybody yeah. was anticipating her and i think that's where we're at with punchline where it's like hey everybody what let's talk about punchline and honestly i see stacks of her issues now on comic book shelves oh dear yeah no one gives a damn so so whatever initial hype was behind her especially now because who knows what they're gonna do with her following uh future state yeah, you're 100% right. And we'll see you know if she I mean? folds herself into any of the new medium as far as television shows, you know, animated shows, any of that stuff. If they really care about her, she will. And, you know, they won't be able to hide her. Yeah, maybe maybe she'll show up in Batwoman. I mean, I just I just don't it's, – it, to me, you're, you're, you're just now getting into developing Harley Quinn. And now you want to introduce, like you said, Joker's new boo, who is – well, she's not really his new boo. It's like – like yeah, like partners or I, I don't I don't even care to know because again right. I'm like the the whole Joker war that just happened in in the comics I'm like man how much more Joker stuff can we get we had Endgame recently we have Joker war uh, like jokes um, and yeah jokes and riddles um, and then you know um, all the dark label the black label stuff with uh, with three Jokers and, and uh, even with man who laughs who's been around. Ever right, and then and then and then even the the uh, the the Joker uh, killer smile. Yeah. Uh, the only reason I even read that was because of Jeff Lemire. Yeah. Jeff Lemire to me is a premier writer, and I read it. And, and don't get me wrong, he's he's a great writer, but I didn't care about the aspect of the Joker in it. There's a there's another aspect of the story that I found way more intriguing, and the Joker was to me the background character in the book. Um, so. Yeah, the Joker to me, if if DC can, which I understand, it, it, it leaving Joker alone is like leaving Batman alone. Yeah. They, DC is not going to do it. So, but I hope somebody at least leaves him alone for I don't know, eighteen months. Just a bit. <laughs> Just a bit. Because Just even a bit. did you guys did you read Doomsday Clock? Did I, you yes, read Doomsday Clock? I did. Oh, I love like Day like Clock. Joker's Joker's appearance in Doomsday Clock was so gratuitous. Yeah. Like, what was the point of him being in this story? They made it seem like they were going to do something, but then they didn't, you know? like they Right. It, it, there, there was no point to him. There was none. Mm-mm. And you were talking about Jeff Lemire. You are t- talking about, you know, how a great writer can end up transforming something if they choose to. Uh, I'm going to let you gush about it because I know you know more about it than any of us here. 
Talk to me about what Jonathan Hickman has done in 2020 with the X-Men. Wait, who and what? Jonathan Hickman. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, man. I'm kidding, man. I'm kidding. Oh, I'm man. You're like, what's an X-Men? I'm about to say. Uh, what's, no, a, no, what's a Hickman? I'm, I'm totally kidding. Sounds weird. Um, I just I, – I appreciate you serving it up to me. Um, Jonathan Hickman, I mean the man is a universe builder. Yeah. Um, with what he did with Fantastic Four, with what he did with the Avengers, it, it, to now give him the chance to do the same thing with the X-Men – a property that I mean, because of the whole acquisition or and non and non ownership that Disney had and Marvel had, they buried the characters for a good ten fifteen years. The X Men were dead in the water. They were just kind of there. I mean, Fantastic Four was canceled for a couple of years because of the whole Fox uh, rights. So when Jonathan Hickman comes along and says, "Hey, I want to revamp the X Men." Marvel said, here, now that we have the rights back and you want to do this, here you go. And quite honestly, the X-Men are now the hottest the hottest ticket in town. Yeah, they are a um, commodity at the moment. If you, if you haven't read House of X and Powers of X, you are doing yourself a tremendous disservice. I highly recommend picking up both in trade paperback. They're very affordable, and they will tell you two of the best stories from the last decade easily. Um, the stuff that has come out of it with regard to – I mean – I was hoping that following House of X and Powers of X that there was only going to be maybe two or three X titles to keep everything condensed. Right. Instead, Marvel said, "Not nah, we're going to go back to back to the way it was and make 18 X-Men titles." And I was like, "Oh my god, why are you doing this?" I still picked up every book and I can tell you right now with the exception of maybe two titles, they're all worth reading. Wow, the um, X- to maintain a, a quality on that level of a of brand is hard. It's, it's incredibly difficult. Um, Jonathan Hickman has his hands in everything. So even though other writers are, are tackling these other books, uh, he you can definitely feel him, especially with that recent uh, Ten of Swords or X of Swords crossover that just happened. The way he uh, brought it all together was fantastic. The, the, the action was not what I expected it to be. The story, the way everything unfolded was not what I expected it to be. But everybody still had those character moments. Uh, Apocalypse has gone from being one of my favorite – I mean, don't get me wrong. Back in the day, he was one of my favorite villains, and then he kind of turned himself into a joke. And now now uh, Jonathan Hickman has turned him into a Doctor Doom-esque villain I where – I saw him in a suit. <laughs> I was like, yes. Oh, I mean, yes. And that's one of the best written comics of twenty of 2020 when uh, Apocalypse and Magneto and Professor X go to a uh, a peace summit, and the three of them show up in suits – Talking about you know representing Krakoa as the as the hottest uh, country in the world that can produce any drug you need and fulfill almost wishes uh, of the world, and and the, yet the the world is still trying to kill them. Like they, they 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 plot this whole assassination attempt on the three of them, and they just shut it down with 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 ease. Like man, why'd you bother? Why'd you try this? <laughs> Like yeah, you they, wasted. Badasses in that book. All of yeah, them it's. Badass. I, I love that Cyclops was a badass. Oh again. no, and in, in, in Powers and Powers, uh, uh, yo, Cyclops is the man. Cyclops yeah, is I, the man in Powers and House. Yeah, I mean, and, and if you if you if you read those, read X Men. 
because the stuff he does in X-Men, the stuff he does in the Ten of Swords uh, crossover, I would I would want to give so much more, but I understand people haven't had the time to uh, – but just the, the character moments that come about from these from these books, even characters who some people don't even care for. You know, a lot of people sometimes complain about um, the, the now that Elizabeth Braddock is no longer Psylocke. Right. She is now she is now the new Captain Britain. A lot of people are, are talking negatively about it, but she still has these moments where you're like, okay, I can I can I can flow with that. Yeah. Um, you know, um, the the Wolverine book, honestly, Wolverine, you know, is has is always been one of my favorite characters, and even I got sick and tired of him. But yet, <laughs> but but yet, this new series of his is great. The he's 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 buying into the whole Krakoa thing, but at the same time, he's preparing himself for the worst because Wolverine, the guy's been alive for almost two hundred years. He's seen the highs, he's seen the lows. And his book is fantastic with what he's dealing with with Omega Red and what he's dealing with with Dracula. It's it's fantastic. The the action is visceral. The the the, the you know he's he's this warrior poet when when he's when his dialogue is being written right. So As I highly be because rec- of the, the length of time he spent on this earth, he should have an in depth, you know, uh, feelings towards the things that he's doing. Yeah, and so I if you were if you're gonna pick up the books, but you you everyone I know everybody's on a budget, not everybody has the time. I would say you need to be reading X Men, X Force, and Marauders. Uh, those three I books get are into probably Marauders. I do. I, yeah. Uh, one of our other hosts, uh, GT Rebirth, Greg, has told me about Marauders before. So, oh, he's he's mentioned it in the group chat before. So, yeah. I definitely want to yeah. get into Marauders. Yeah, the 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 Marauders is is political intrigue. With piracy. Oh wow! Yeah, because Kitty Pride is a pirate. It's yeah, Kitty Pride is a pirate, but all the behind the scenes stuff. Oh, she's piracy! Being... I see. I hear. I hear two different things when I hear piracy. Oh, I, <laughs> I'm like, wait, what do you mean? What do you mean piracy? That's hilarious. Well, yeah. So you know, in in the forefront, you know, Kitty Pride is the uh, she's the captain of this ship that's that's literally doing pirate stuff in order to benefit the world, but she's being funded by Emma Frost and the Hellfire Club. And if you know anything about the Hellfire Club, Emma Frost and the uh, the the Black King, Mister Sebastian Shaw himself, yep. always have this the, 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 that 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 secret power struggle that's there. Yeah. Um, it's it's it has led to some of the best action and at the same time the best dialogue in in all of the uh, this new X Men universe that we have going on. Is Wingard so, still in the? Is Wingard still in the uh, Hellfire Club? Uh, you mean the mastermind? Yeah. The mastermind? Um, no. Now, as yeah. far as as no, I've not really seen him mentioned. Although Lady Mastermind has shown back up oh, his daughter. Right. Um, she she has yet to really she's shown back up, but she hasn't like put herself in the middle of the intrigue. But okay. again, that's John. That's Jonathan Hickman. Jonathan Hickman. He he throws what feels like you know everything in the kitchen sink, and you're like, what the hell's the point of all this? And then when you get to that that last story. Whether it be in you know, um, whether it be in whether it be Secret Wars or a Ten of Swords, when everything comes together, it's just like whoa! I didn't, I, I, I thought I saw it coming, and I didn't because yeah. Jonathan Hickman, that's just what he does. He's a master craftsman, you know. Uh, so I highly I, recommend it. I won't have much time to talk about it here because it didn't come out this year. But um, initially, I remember uh, telling co-host Yogi that like. You know, we're talking about like the bad comic book movies that we have come out. We're talking about Fan Four Stick and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know, I don't really feel like nothing's ever really nailed the Fantastic Four. And he was like, okay. 
Uh, do me a favor. Read the Jonathan Hickman. No, no, Fantastic Jonathan Four. Hickman's Fantastic. And I read run. that yeah. shit, and that it changed my yeah. life. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, the, Alex was, was the one like, that that amazing. told me about that Fantastic Four run with Hickman. I will say Richards, that. Yeah, uh, I had my heart, Valeria. Um, Doom yeah. as like a uncle, like Uncle Doom. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that shit was I mean, sick. The 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 line I tell everybody when they say, "Oh, should I read the Hickman run?" and I say to them. To me, my Galactus. Yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, like, what? Yeah. What? Galactus is the herald of Franklin Richards, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then, oh, speaking Franklin. of Uncle Doom, the line the line when, when Valeria is worried that he's going he's gonna to die and he kneels down in front of her and she's like, what are you going to do? He, oh, what, 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 he, what, what's the exact line? He says something like, what gods would dare come before Doom? I'm like, holy crap. Yeah, like it's yeah, like it, that it's, the, it's so bad. The Council of Reeds, <laughs> the Council of Reeds, right? Which, and then he has a whole bunch of the whole bunch of uh, the Legion of uh, lobotomized Doctor Dooms. It, it's so crazy, uh, all of it. The the death of Johnny Storm. I can sit here and talk about it forever. We're gonna end up coming up with an episode where we're gonna sit here and gush, no, we should really honestly cover. Hickman's the only thing that stopped me is that book. I can't like we. It's such a broad story that I gotta take it in like arcs or themes. Or something like that, but we'll we'll definitely try to dissect uh, at least a volume, at least one volume. But you know what? I'm having some problems, Dan, because I put all my money in DC Universe because they said they were gonna have comics for me, Dan, and I'll be able to watch them right here on my projector. But DC Universe is dead. (laughs) Uh, The birth of HBO Max was last year, and they seemingly have moved everything over. If you go to HBO Max now, almost every single animated film is has already been moved over to HBO Max, along with uh, popular series like Batman Beyond and Batman the Animated Series. So, yeah, that is all dead and done in the water. But even though that DC Universe is down, fandom we had this year, fandom, if I should say, where we heard about the news of the Snyder Cut coming, uh, we got a look at the Batman, uh, Robert Pattinson, and we found out that the Flash is going to be multiversal with Michael Keaton returning as Batman, which is absolutely bonkers. DC Fandom was a virtual event. DC Comics held in lieu of Comic-Con. I believe they went to one of the Comic-Cons. But in lieu of Comic-Con, uh, yeah, DC Fandom. Um, what did you think of that whole event, Dan? The whole digital uh, panel I event? Uh, so first of all, this was, if I'm not mistaken, this was the first time we saw each other in all of 2020. Yeah. Now the fans need to know that ever since I met the Don over here in like 2016 ish, I've been going to this man's house like three days a week. Right. For all of the wrestling. Like anytime there's wrestling, I go to this man's house. So 2020 comes and we got a social distance. And yes. I didn't see this man until into like I, like Months. like September, <laughs> like yeah. September. I didn't see him until. So on my way to go see him for the first time in months, I'm literally streaming DC fandom on my phone, like on the highway, just getting my ride there. And I noticed during the Wonder Woman panel, good old uh, the amazing Kryptonian. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, ended well, up we, being on there. We interviewed a uh, a huge Superman super fan on this podcast, um, Tasman Humphreys, who is in England right now. She's like the second um, most like mo- foremost collector of Superman in. in no, the I think world. she has a Guinness World Record of col- of um, it's, Superman it's, collectibles. It's crazy. She's a crazy diehard fan, and she had pictures that they actually showed at the fandom event, which was. That was amazing. I was like, I know a famous person. <laughs> it's like, no, but, like we really interviewed somebody that was had, featured had Shazam, on the fan zone. We had Shazam panels. We had the uh, the the 
the Suicide Squad panel with James Gunn and, and that whole cast of characters. Um, it was really cool. It was unique, and you got to have your own DC day. And because you came by, it's like I get to hang out with friends and just watch DC stuff all day. Oh, DC we saw so many announcements. We saw so many amazing trailers. And talk about that Batman trailer. Oh. Man, yo, Alex, when I tell you, I was literally screaming and shouting. First of all, Jeffrey Wright is one of the most underrated actors of our generation, by the way. If if, if nobody has seen Westworld, please, please see Westworld. Jeffrey Wright is amazing. So for Jeffrey Wright as Jim Gordon, oh, I'm sold. I'm sold instantly. And as somebody that has been a uh, Robert Pattinson advocate for for a decade now, I'm talking, remember me, Cosmopolis, Map to the Stars, Good Time. The Rob- Lighthouse. The Lighthouse. Robert Pattinson is is more than Edward Cullen. And the fact that people associate Robert Pattinson with just the sparkly diamond-coated vampire really pisses me off. Watch the Safdie brothers, Good Time. Ben Safdie, watch Good Time, man. Robert Pattinson. So when that scene happened where... Uh, one of those, uh, and it looked like, uh, and you can, uh, you can name it for me, Alex, if you know. Remember the that gang from um, Dark Knight Returns? Was that the was, um, was the that, mutants? Was that no, the oh mutants. yeah, no, they, were, they were mutants. Never mind. So I don't know what gang this is, but they had like, it looked like Joker face paint, but it looked like Gothic the Crow type face paint. Like their eyes had like black crosses. Batman just goes straight, ground pound on him, just blocks like three shots, and then just starts unloading and calls himself vengeance i am here for it i am here for it (laughs) my man all you see is who the hell are you supposed to be punch 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 i'm vengeance oh yeah that's my batman right there that's gonna be robert pattinson is gonna be the batman of a generation uh, my kids are going to grow up loving Robert Pattinson as Batman. That's all I know. <laughs> like, he – and he looked so good. We finally got a Batman that when he takes off his cowl, we have the black eyeliner. Yeah. How many times Fine, has Batman had black eyeliner, but when around. he takes off the cowl, there's no black eyeliner? From Bruce Wayne – sorry, from uh, Michael Keaton to Christian Bale to Ben Affleck. Not one Batman had the eyeliner after they take off the mask. But you can blatantly see the eyeliner when they have the cowl on. Yeah. Robert Pattinson takes off the, the mask. Bam. Eyeliner. Hair. Sweaty. All over and grungy all over his face. Mm-mm-mm. Paul Dano as Riddler. Are you going to see it, uh, Baroque? Um, I do plan on watching it. Um, the only thing is, um, and that's, like I said, I, I totally agree with Dan. I never had a single ounce of doubt in Robert Pattinson's ability to play the character. Right. He has shown himself that he is way more than whatever the hell his Twilight character's name is. Um, the man's the man's acting chops have been more than uh, presented as high uh, on on anybody's uh, abilities list uh, abilities range. So seeing the trailer, and I and again, I'm 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 the type to avoid trailers, but because it was this new Batman concept. The only thing that the only thing is, like I said before, I'm just Batman out. Yeah, I really, really am. You know, so as much as I want to see it, if it if it didn't come out for another five years, I'd be fine. I I can I can get that. Uh, are you hyped you know, for the Snyder Cut? Uh, I'm only hyped for it because it's going to be on HBO Max, and I and now that it's officially going to be a four hour movie. Four hours. Uh, man. 
I, you know, I just, I'm going to sit really down and. They decided to and, not make it a TV show the way they were originally. I heard it was supposed to be like six one hour That's episodes. What said. Yeah. No, no, no. They, they officially announced it's going to be a four hour movie. Jesus, um, I, I, the, the Zach, the Zack Snyder cut I'm excited for because of the, um, one, all the drama behind it and the fact that the original movie was not his. It really wasn't. Um, because of the tragedy that happened with his daughter, he had to, release release um the the rights of the movie and pass it on to josh whedon who finished it and josh whedon finished it with the josh whedon style so we're not seeing Zack snyder's uh justice league when you watch that original justice league movie so i'm looking forward to i mean i don't i don't think i don't think i i know that had Zack snyder finished the original movie it would not have been a four-hour movie um i do believe it would have been very different than what we got uh, not to say that that's going to be good or bad. I'm probably one of the few people that can honestly say that I'm a fan of Zack Snyder. Uh, 300, a sucker punch. I don't uh, care. I'm a big sucker punch advocate. Sucker punch. Yes. It's his, it might be his only original script, but give the guy a break. It's his only original script. Everything yeah, else yeah. he's done was comic book movies. This dude has yeah. literally done nothing but comic book movies his entire I career. Okay, Dawn of the Dead was it was a um his debut, but that wasn't even his movie. That was a James it was a Gunn. Remake. Yeah. It was a James, but it was a James Gunn script. Yeah. Right. That was and James it was a remake. Script. Remake yeah, it was also a remake. Romero. Yeah, Romero movie. Um, but but even but see even what he did with Watchmen, which I know it wasn't perfect. I liked that he changed oh, the ending. I think it was better. I think it was great. The ending to sense. me made way more sense. I, I don't get me wrong. The HBO series took took the comic book and made it way more um, understanding. See, that's but the problem. The way the that the comic the... book. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry to cut you. Go ahead. But the way the TV no, 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 show no. did it, that you finally see the squid, and they actually did it in a in a a, sen- a way that made sense. It's like you go back and you see, you know, maybe Snyder could have put in the squid, but the fact that they used Dr. Manhattan as the catalyst for world peace was great to me. I yeah, and it, and 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 it better it better because I mean, I whenever I read the original graphic novel, I always said to myself, okay, why does Manhattan leave? What's his motivation for leaving, even when the when the story's over? Right. So, in in making in Zack Snyder making it that he's the like you said the catalyst for world peace. Uh, it makes sense for him to leave. Like, oh, now I have my excuse because humanity thinks I'm the villain and I really don't give a shit about this planet anymore. Now I have my reason to to, to move to move on with my life. Yeah. So I didn't mind his change. And I really do look forward to to seeing this. Even if it's a, even if it's a it's a train wreck, at least it'll be something to talk about yeah. because I, I do look forward to seeing it. And I and I hope I really do hope it's good. I really do because uh, DC needs needs a a, a home run. They do, yeah, especially after good. this one, this this Wonder Woman debacle has just hurt their stocks. You and know that, what I mean? I mean, hurt it so much that they're calling in Michael Keaton. Like they're they going thirty years back. Yeah. So yeah, we'll it's see what, that, what what comes out of that. We already spoke a little bit about Dan Didio being out as co-publisher right now. Jim Lee is the one handling all the stuff over there at DC. Uh, I was a bit happy of the exit Dan Didio only because I, I thought that Heroes in Crisis was a little bit uh, lacking in promotion. The way he promoted it was a little bit uh, gratuitous. Yeah, because the, Tom King is too freaking broody. Yeah, yeah. That, so there was some stuff there that was a little bit wonky. Um, Ruby Rose left last year as Batwoman. And like we were just talking about, uh, Jav- oh, I'm saying, I hope I'm saying this right. Javicia Leslie is in. She just did her la- her episode this past Sunday, so I'm hoping to get a good look at, at her in that. Um, 
DC split from Diamond Distributors after a tw- over 25-year relationship, um, which was big. Uh, that was huge. Um, it changed the way that they distributed their comics and the shipping costs when stores are buying them in bulk. Usually, everyone can get their stuff from Diamond, but now you have to grab it uh, from a different place to grab your DC comics. Um, but we got we to gotta talk about uh, the Ray Fisher of it all. <laughs> uh, we spoke about this guy, just the Snyder Cut happening and being a thing. A lot of people were, tr- you know, trumpeting this. Every time I went to Comic Con after Justice League came out, um, there were people would release the Snyder Cut, um, like pamphlets and signs. And one of the people that was very early on saying that they wanted this to be released was Ray Fisher, who plays Cyborg. Um, he then vocalized that he didn't like working underneath Josh Whedon. Which then turned into a, well, Walter Hamada doesn't know what he's doing. Which then turned into a, Jeff Johns is creating a, a toxic environment uh, narrative. Where do you where do you sit on all this, uh, B, with the whole cyborg of it all? I mean, I, I, knowing, knowing Jeff Johns from his writing, I can't imagine, I personally can't imagine him being this bigot. That Ray Fisher is is a uh, turn. He's not. So I can I do believe because I still think it is weird how how when when um Zack Snyder departs from Justice League, who does Warner Brothers bring in the 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 commander of the Marvel universe? Yeah. I just thought that was almost self sabotaging because I can totally see Josh Whedon rolling and being like, yeah, this all doesn't make sense. This is not what I would do. You gotta go. You gotta go. Let's change this. Let's do this. Let's and blah, it, blah 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 blah. Doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things, right? Success or failure. You know, I paid me to direct. It is what it is. This movie was half right. finished anyway. <laughs> yeah, and and so I mean, I can see that. But then with, with, with the fact that no one else is corroborating this story perfectly with from what I from what I've researched into it, um, it just feels like I hate to say I just feel like Ray Fisher is just trying to drum up a story. Um, you know, because it's like, what are you, what are you doing this? Especially, um, what, what else does he have underneath his belt? I think justice league is the only thing he's done. Um, it would, would I have liked to see him be a bigger part of the story? Yes, because he does have the tie to the, to the mother box technology. So it does make sense for him to have been a bigger part of the story. But at the same time, you're sharing the stage with characters who, are much more approachable and um and known. I mean, everybody knows Superman. Everybody knows Wonder Woman, The Flash, um, and then your cyborg. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, you most he people should have been a little bit more gracious than he was. Yeah, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. Let's say if in Zack Snyder's cut you were supposed to be more of a a, a deciding factor in the movie, then hopefully in this four hour in this four hour uh, epic that's going to be coming out soon, he'll get his due time. But in the meantime, I think he's kind of rocking the boat on his potential future success because if people see you as, oh, shit, this guy's the kind of guy who's going to complain about everything that doesn't go his way or yeah. whenever whenever a director maybe makes his feelings. Because I can't imagine uh, – there are some directors I would imagine out there who are, who are more blatantly uh, antagonistic, I guess you could say, yeah. in their directing styles. I mean who's going to want to work with you if they know, oh, I'm going to have to worry that I'm going to hurt your feelings? Yeah, we're, I can, we're, I, we're past the days of the Stanley Kubricks of, of them all, right? Why was he make, in my head while you, while Alex because, was making that? Because he was quite a difficult director, you know? He and, really and was. People, but people paid for that vision. And when you pay for that vision, you kind of got to deal with what the director that you got. On, I mean, 
Uh, I, I'm hoping no one's going to those great lengths, the Shirley Duvall, you know, 1,000 takes of it all. But, um, you know, when, when something like this happens, you don't want to discredit it off the rip, especially when you knew that production of the film itself was a bit troubled. So, you know, if someone, if you had no answer as to why it was troubled and then a cast member offers this, I see why a lot of people bid on it, you know, because it, it kind of makes sense if you don't look at it too deeply. But then they did a whole investigation of it. We still haven't found anything. It's just a bit weird. And um, he was supposed to be in Flash and now he's been removed. Uh, Ray Fisher has. So that, you know, the, the writing's on the wall. You know, he might die off screen in one of these next movies. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't That's be surprised. So uh, and we're talking a lot of DC because this is our first year without the MCU in a decade. This is our first MCU absence the year. We just saw WandaVision, which was a welcome back into that world. Um, a lot of people said they got emotional when the when the Marvel credits started in the beginning because they haven't seen it in such so long, such a long time. So Pavlovian response at this point. Um, but yeah, how do you feel about a year without MCU content? Honestly, honestly, um, I was. It's almost it's almost a, a welcome reprieve, honestly, because of multiple reasons. Uh, one. A lot of people at the end of Endgame, well, not a lot of people, I guess the trolls or the edgelords as people refer to them now, where were, some were very quick to be like, you see, look, now it's over. So there's the end of uh, Marvel movies. No one's going to care, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So and, the, and then the fact that a lot of people were then kind of like, see, now they're just being gratuitous. They're giving Black Widow a movie, even though she just died. What's the point of it? So so to kind of appease those people and show them, hey, look, now that there is no Marvel content. Look how much it meant to people that there was no Marvel content. You yeah. feel the absence more than the presence. Right. And right. Uh, you know, distant, what do they say about distance? It makes yearning, the heart grow yearning, fonder. Yeah, yearning makes the heart grow fonder. You know, yearning so, to, to have it back. So the fact that, you know, I mean, WandaVision, I really, I'm, I, don't get me wrong, I was beyond excited for it. But the fact that, that on, on that Friday morning that it came out, I made my coffee and sat down and watched both episodes back to back. I it just told me, wow, this is what it even means to me because yeah. I would have normally waited until later that night or something like that. But I said, no, I gotta watch this thing right. Oh no, 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 yeah, now. I woke up in the morning and I put that, I put that shit straight it was, on. It was like meeting old friends again, you know. Those, exactly. Those characters mean that to people. They've literally grown with us in the last decade. So to have a year without me it, personally, felt, I, yeah. I, I know you both are older than me, but not too much of a significant year. But I literally grew up with the MCU from fifth, what, two thousand eight. 15 to 27 basically yeah. I, mm -hmm. 26 I grew up with the MCU I spent my entire teenage career going to every single movie I seen Guardians of the Galaxies in theaters I seen Iron Man's and Caps and Thor's and Avengers and and Ant-Man's in theaters You're and invested like like I literally went every MCU movie to see in theaters if it wasn't that Friday night it was the next Monday, that following Monday when the weekend was over. Right. But I saw every single MCU movie in theaters. That's 22 movies to see in theaters in a decade's time. 17, 18, 19, seeing them all. I was 20, well, I was like 23 when freaking, no, I was 22 when Age of Ultron came out. Yeah. So to see mm -hmm. Avengers, the first Avengers I saw, I was still in Martin Deporis, Alex, when that first Avengers movie came out. <laughs> so to go from that to seeing Age of Ultron like four years later. like And I then five, five some odd years after Age of Ultron getting back to the Wanda and Vision of it all who both made their debuts in that film. 
Right. Um, it, it just shows you how long we've had with all these characters. And speaking of having a long time with characters, by the grace of God, the one of the best pieces of news to come out of um, last year is that the Marvel Netflix rights have reverted back to Marvel. So we now have our Luke Cage again, our, our uh, Daredevil. More Iron Jessica Fist, Jones. Jessica Jones. Whether or not those characters or actors will be returning specifically, you know, that's up in the air. There's been some rumors and stuff. But I'm just glad to have those characters back. I, I really did like the Marvel Netflix of it all. There was some a bit, a bit filler uh, when it came to some of the shows. It could have ended a lot sooner, a lot cleaner. But they, they all had unique styles. Uh, and I, I, I liked that. I really felt like they were they were laying out their own Arrowverse uh, in Marvel Netflix. But now that we're having shows like WandaVision and Falcon Winter Soldier, who's to say we can't get a Daredevil show on Disney, a Luke Cage show on Disney, or something else like that? Is there anything you're excited about with these rights reverting back to Marvel, uh, B? Um, yes. I mean, one, I would love to... And it's all just rumors right now. But I would love to see... Um, Charlie Cox and uh, why can't I think of Shane's real name right now? Oh, uh, uh, Paul, uh, yeah, Bernthal, John Bernthal, John Bernthal. John Bernthal. I would love to see them come back in some way, shape, or form. Whether it's in some shows or I, I know there's rumors right now that Charlie Cox is going to be in the next Spider-Man movie. Yeah. So I would love to see them uh, come back. But just in general, the idea that those characters can now share, hopefully, the big screen with the with the rest of the Marvel universe is beyond exciting. I mean, if we're getting a Moon Knight show and a she-Hulk show and a Miss Marvel show. I don't see why we're not going to get uh, a, another Daredevil show or even a um, a Heroes for Hire show if they go that route. I would love to see it because those characters are for me are just as iconic as the as the the big the big boys so to speak yeah. from the Avengers. Um, Alias was one of my favorite comic books of all time. Oh God, uh, Brian Michael Bendis's uh, Alias was. Uh... Yeah, it's it's a must read. It's 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 a must read. It's it's it is it is. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a must read. Um, you know the way Brian Michael Bendis again, the way he fleshed out, you know, uh, the all, all those characters that you see in the Netflix show are Brian Michael Bendis's fleshing out from yeah. Luke Cage to Daredevil to Jessica Jones, and I mean, even though he didn't he didn't write that Iron Fist. It was during that time where he was influencing the rest of the Marvel Universe that – like that Iron Fist run that I believe it was Matt Fraction yeah. had was yeah. definitely influenced by oh, what's we going on. we were just talking about that the other day, me and George. It's like, yeah. damn, we both we both like Matt Fraction a lot. So it's like, damn, Matt Fraction has an Iron Fist run? We might yeah, have we to get, read that. Get on that. Uh, I would hi- – I mean I believe you told me you liked the uh, Matt Fraction's Jimmy Olsen. Matt I Fraction believe he wrote anything. that. Uh, Matt Fraction's Jimmy Olsen. What was the other thing we just read? Uh, oh, Hawkeye's. Uh, Hawkeye. 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 We Hawkeyes, just read. We just yes. read his Hawkeye, and that's one of the yeah. best stories I've ever read. They had yes, an yes, issue yes. about a dog. Like they literally <laughs> had an issue for a dog. Yeah. Oh, you know, man. Dan, you already know. For me, you know, if these Netflix right rights reverse, uh, you know, or go back to Marvel. All I want to hear is Mr. Parker. When I was a young boy. Bro, listen. If we can get Vincent D'Onofrio back, back, Vanessa. <laughs> yes, and, and, he, and Vincent, and I do know Vincent. I do know uh, he has blatantly said he would love to come back and just keep playing the character. If you can put him opposite Tom Holland, I would be scared for Tom Holland. You would go, you would uh, so yeah. the Spider Verse style type, yeah, yeah, thing. Son I of mean, a definitely, boxer. yeah, right, right. Also, right, right, I'm right, not right, gonna right. lie, I need my season three of Iron Fist. 
Goodbye, Mr. Castle. I really need my season three of Iron Fist. I know season one that's, was terrible. Season one was terrible. I, yeah, I, yes. That's the only one I didn't finish. I did not finish Iron Fist. So season I, I heard two season... Was, season two was a lot better, but... season but... one was bad. If we if I didn't have to cover two for this, we probably even wouldn't have went to two. Yeah. Season one was fucking bad. No, season one was terrible. This man was walking around in a robe all I was, ep- I was all angry. Show. It was the only MCU thing... Nope, sorry, Inhumans. <laughs> Both of those things made me very upset. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. that's so sad to hear. <laughs> we also found out that the director of Doctor Strange One, Scott Derrickson, he was set to direct Doctor Strange Two. He was replaced by old Good fan old favorite Sam Raimi, which which was the beginning of the confirmation that Spider Man Three is going to be multiversal, uh, which is big news. We've heard all kinds of rumors of Electro, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, Charlie Cox, um, all coming into this. Uh, it could be the biggest Spider-Man movie of all time that finds a way to honor everything we've ever seen Spider-Man. Um, are you excited for any of the Spider-Man news? And what do you think is going to come out of this? Uh, B? I mean, all right. See, here's here's what I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna, I guess I'm gonna be the uh, the not so excited guy. Okay. Don't get me wrong. On a whole, yes. On paper, I cannot wait for it. It's it's beyond exciting the idea that they're going to do the Spider Verse thing and they're bringing back old and new actors and characters. But one thing that the Tom Holland Spider Man has has failed to do, and I, I guess it's not Tom Holland's fault, is just that Spider Man for me has always been the Amazing Spider Man. Okay. Uh, so the fact that you know we had the Raimi Spider Man and we had the even the um. I can't remember the director's name, but we had yeah. the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. Um, Mark Webb. They, Mark Webb. The yeah. Mark Webb Spider-Man was it was Spider-Man. Yeah. You it, it, Spider-Man up until up until maybe 10, 15 years ago, Spider-Man was always on his own. He was not a part of the Avengers. He sometimes helped out the Fantastic Four um, and stuff like that, but he was always stood on his own. So yeah. now with Tom Holland from the from the very beginning, making Tom Holland basically Iron Man's sidekick. Or protege took so much away from the Spider-Man lore, in my opinion, that the fact that um, even when you got Spider-Man: Homecoming and then Spider-Man: Far From Home, he's he's almost he's almost a second-tier character in his own movie because he's playing second fiddle to Iron Man and other characters. It always bothered me. So the fact that now and it finally in the movie where you think he's going to be completely on his own, <laughs> they're sandwiching in yeah. every other Spider-Man aspect like, you can like imagine. That's what they did with BVS instead of doing Man of Steel 2. You know, right. Instead of giving Superman time to breathe and time to flesh out that character, the most important character to your cinematic universe if you're DC – they were like, oh, well, how about we throw Wonder Woman in there? How about Batman? How about Lex Luthor? How about the whole Justice League? Doomsday and, and the Justice and a, League, and a, yeah. yeah. And they, they, they drowned him in it. And um, I think somebody else made that joke of like, uh, uh, you know, Tom Holland's going to be doing a cameo in his own movie in Spider-Man 3. Um, yeah, I, so yeah. I, I'm excited. Don't remember, I'm gonna, see, I'm gonna be first in line to see the movie. I'm, I'm, I'm loving the idea of Spider-Man. They're even leaking production photos uh, right now. Um, but I would much rather see. I, I think I'd be more excited to see uh, a Spider-Man four esque movie at this point. You know, I, I, I want to see Spider-Man on his own. You know, let let's let him break away. He doesn't need to be the next Iron Man. He doesn't need to be. Um, so uh, a second fiddle in his own movie. I want to see Spider Man on his own. What about you, Dan? How are you feeling about the Spider Man three rumors? Uh, listen, I don't. I I am I am skeptical. I am scared. I don't know how to feel. But 
obviously, like every other comic book movie I've ever seen, I'm gonna end up like you know watching. There's gonna be one trailer that's gonna drop that I'm gonna end up catching by accident, and then out of nowhere, bam! I'm gonna end up loving this movie. It happened with fucking Joker. You remember how adamant I was about not wanting anything to do with Joker? I saw Joker trailer two at like six o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, shit, this might actually be a good movie. So I reserve. All my opinions until I at least see one trailer, and that trailer can't be more than two minutes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's room, there's room to to do some great things. I'm just scared. I'm I scared. Think, I think a lot of people have said, even with this Wandavision of it all, there's a, there's some people who have not liked the pacing of it so far, um, and but a lot of people are saying that regardless of the pacing, regardless of anything, whether they like it or not, Marvel has done so much for their own goodwill that people are willing to take chances with their franchises that maybe other people wouldn't. So that's that's just a, a mark of, of quality there. So I think that, that hopefully they use it, and they use it for the best abilities. I, I Once this happens, the Spider-Man of it all, that just means the rest of it's coming. That means they're going to find a way to introduce mutants. That means they're going to find a way to bring in Marvel's first family. That means they're going to end up showing us Latveria and Victor Von Doom, and I, I can't wait for any of that. So if these are the building blocks to that, I'm ready. I'm ready for that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I agree. Unfortunately, um, while a lot of these characters ha- are coming in to their own in 2001, 2002, some of these films coming out in 2003, there are certain people that will not be following us into these next couple of years. I just wanted to give a moment uh, to talk about the losses of uh, veteran actors like Sean Connery, um, directors like Joe Schumacher. Uh, comic book writers like Denny O'Neill wouldn't even get Raz Al Ghul without Denny O'Neill. That's right. Denny O'Neill did pass away this year. That yeah. is so yes, sad. And then the biggest yeah, shocker. Wait. The, the biggest shocker of them all, T'Challa, Chadwick Boseman uh, passing away. Our king. Yeah, our, our comic king. king. Um, He's our comic yep. king. I don't care what anybody says. They should never recap. They should never make another Black Panther movie again. That has oh, to dear. do it. Don't do it. Just don't do it. They made too much money. They're not going to not do another one. I know they're not going to not do another one. And then, you know what? Fine. Make Sheree the, yeah. the, 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 the next Black Panther. I don't care. But just don't cast a male black actor as T'Challa ever again. Mm-hmm. You are literally disrespecting one of the greatest actors that we never even got to fully enjoy. This man had, what, five years of a fucking career? Sick, uh, he had Get On Up? Yeah. Jackie Robinson and, and T'Challa? That was it? Oh, a bunch of stuff now that's come out. No, but, of course yeah. he's he's about a lot of movies, but I'm saying like movies that has literally put him in that spotlight, that yeah. limelight. It was T'Challa. He played James Brown. He did um. Played uh Thurgood Jackie Marshall. Robinson, Thurgood, Thurgood Marshall, Marshall yeah. and uh, what's it called? The last movie, like Twenty One Bridges, was it? He did Twenty One Bridges. Yeah, he did Twenty One Bridges, and now he's in um what Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Yeah, Ma Rainey's Black, Black Bottom. Bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he, yeah. He doesn't have that much movies. Under all, his belt. All, 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 all I'm gonna say is this about that with with the Ma Rainey movie is so will he automatically win the Oscar since Heath Ledger did? Oh, yeah, no, that post anonymous. He's definitely gonna win a post anonymous Oscar. That's just usually how it always goes. Anybody you know that I mean? like dies like that, yeah, they always get the pot. Like it's just awarded to you. It's not even that. It's a category, and then you win. Like you're you're actually awarded a post anonymous Oscar. They um they you know Sean Connery we were talking about Bond before with Timothy Dalton Sean Connery uh, was actually in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen but obviously a whole host of other things I that League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is what brings him into this conversation um it was sad to see the man go 
Um, anything to say, any gentlemen, anything to say about Bozeman, Connery, O'Neill, and Schumacher? We will well, literally with, miss all of them. I will miss all of them, and I'm going to have to go against you on uh, something, Dan. I believe that as much as he was T'Challa and, and we should leave T'Challa alone, T'Challa needs to be brought back into the Marvel Universe. No, of course. He's, he's, oh, he's, too, he's too important a character to have put on the sidelines. I mean, I believe even Chadwick Boseman himself, if his spirit can come down, he would say no. The character of T'Challa means no, too much, not just right. to the Marvel Universe. You're right. He, T'Challa, not you know, T'Challa, but Chadwick Boseman would have wanted that character to continue. Because, and that line in Civil War always gets me, where where he says, in Wakanda, death isn't the end, merely a stepping right. off point. And I'm like, yeah. exactly. damn, like it's so Because even in the, in the in the comics, he eventually becomes the king of the dead. Yeah. Um, and so, Panther, yeah. yeah, so... Um, Dude, you respect the man. Let leave leave his character alone. At least a like few let, years. At least give us yeah, a, a few a, years. Yeah, a, a couple of years. I'm fine with. But I, the idea of of uh, burying a character because of one actor, especially a character who transcends time at this point, you can't you can't uh, leave it alone. No, so what in, Black in, Panther does for the black community is um is is amazing for for young bo- young black boys that want to grow up to be like the next Spider Man, the next Batman. Now they have the literal king of Africa. Africa to look up to and I get it I totally yeah. get it it's yeah. just, I'm still going to be very I'm going to be very sad until I cannot be sad anymore because Chadwick Boseman was was a big big loss yeah. not just for I, comic yeah. books but for acting in general a oh, big I, loss I mean I I loved him from the moment I saw him in uh 42 when he played Jackie Robinson where I saw him too yeah 42 you know I mean, um, I remember that the school that I was teaching at at that point, I was the one who put a big foot forward and said, I want this entire school to go see this movie because I could tell it was going to be big. And I remember being in theaters and in tears watching this man portray Jackie Robinson in such a way that he felt like I knew him, yeah. you know. Um, and so so once he got casted to be, uh, you know, all these other iconic histor- historical figures and then got chosen to be T'Challa, when he died, it, it was like, holy crap, like that, it just, it just hit, you know. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I do believe he's going to be remembered for a very long time, if not forever. And um, I, yeah, but the character needs to still be brought back around. Yeah, I mean, we got we had a lot of losses. We also got a lot of wins. Like some of the stuff that came out in twenty twenty that we were gushing over, you know, Umbrella Academy, The Boys, um, you know, a House and Powers of X. These are things that if you if you had a rough and tumble twenty twenty, we're recommending to you guys. The, the world of comic books is a warm blanket in times like this, and some of the greatest creators, some of the greatest artists of our generation, are putting out some of the best stuff ever. Um, so make sure that you're. Paying attention and if you're not we'll always make sure that we're coming up right up behind you and letting you guys know uh, about the latest and greatest stuff um rest in peace to everyone who we lost in 2020 obviously we lost so many people either due to covid uh, or just other crazy circumstances i just wanted to highlight some of the people who brought huge contributions to comic books and comic book media but with so 2020 was so much a loss that we need to guarantee that 2021 we're going to be winning getting some w's the only l's we're going to see in 2021 are the ones we're going to smoke and that's how we're going to deal with the rest of this year <laughs> and that's how i feel how you feel about that b does that sound good to you 
That sounds fantastic. Uh, I, I believe I, 2020 was was a tough year, but honestly, it was a great year for for a lot of different reasons. Yeah. And let's ride out the good stuff into 2021, and let's keep looking forward. What about you, Dan? What you got to say about 2021 and 2020? Uh, as far as 2021 goes, I just hope that we get some new content. As far as comic goes, I kind of want to get more into Marvel. Like okay. I, I, I think everybody in the and all of our fans know that I am like a DC fanboy, ride or die. All I do is read DC, so right. I really need to get more into Marvel. So my 2021 goal is to just finish Immortal Hulk. Okay, yeah, get let's get the yeah, Mortal Hulk is absolutely amazing. So get on that. I'm only in three issues in. I want to finish the whole thing. Uh, great, but. Uh, you. The thing is, we've covered so much so far on this podcast. We're 160 episodes in, plus the two annuals that we did. We got so much content out there, and every single episode of the Major Issues Podcast is available at ComicBookClick.com. ComicBookClick.com is the one stop for all things Comic Book Click. Our merchandise, our articles. You can find out a little bit about us, and every single episode of the Major Issues Podcast is there. Also, our store at TeePublic is there. You can shop CBC and buy exclusive shirts with designs made by yours truly, dealing with some of the uh, latest and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. The Major Issues Podcast is available wherever podcasts are found. That's Pitch, that's Stitcher, Podbean, Podcast Addict, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, YouTube, TuneFind, um, and I, yeah, wherever podcasts are found. Uh, uh, but the quickest way you to find it is go to Google and type in Major Issues Podcast, and we'll be the first ones to pop right up because we're always talking about the latest and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. We're also all over social media, and you can follow us by going to Facebook.com slash Comic Book Click, Instagram at Comic Book Click, or use the hashtag Comic Book Click to talk about the latest and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. Uh, Dan, you are at Dan's Comics uh, uh, CBC on Instagram. Instagram. Yep, it is once again. It is D A N. S C O M I C S C B C Dan's Comics C B C B Roke, if you wanted to give out your social media, you can. You don't have to. Um, I'm I'm I barely have a presence on social media. Oh, uh, this is gonna be this is hopefully gonna be the beginning of it. Um Yay. thank you guys so much for having me be on the show. I'm I'm humbled by it and I've just had a great time talking uh pop culture and comics and movies and TV. So um I look forward to hopefully if if you guys will have me back doing more of these with you, and maybe this will be my uh, stepping into the bigger world of uh, what is this whole online interweb thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, call, right? yeah. You know what I mean? I think so, they call it Snapcraft I, or uh, so uh, something like that. Yeah, uh, I thought it was Pincord, <laughs> yeah, you know. like a uh, dis Pinterest or something. A uh, dis Pinterest is that what it is? Yeah, Discord and Pinterest <laughs> well, together. I, I'll tell I'll tell you that you did absolutely phenomenal today. We will be glad to have you. On an additional episode, consider yourself a member of the Comic Book Click family because you will be coming back and we will be gushing even more about some of this uh, great content that we have here. You guys at home, make sure you rate and review us on iTunes. It's the quickest way for us to grow as podcasters and find out what you like and what you don't because we're trying to make sure that we're giving you guys some quality uh, stuff there. But you can always support us by, again, going to comicbookclick.com, buying some merchandise, or going to patreon.com slash cbc clubhouse where me and dan have a uh episode of dark phoenix uh commentary where we do commentary on the film dark phoenix while drinking a bit it's a bit fun we're gonna add some more that it's actually free right now so you guys can test out cbc commentaries while we add more stuff in the future but 
um, yeah, th- this was a great episode. We got so much done. Make sure that you're here next week where we are going to tackle Daredevil for. Ah, one of my favorites. <laughs> it looks, turns care. out it turns out Electra is hitting sixty years old this year. So we're gonna go and try to hit ta- uh, or oh, forty years old, something like that. We're gonna go ahead and try to tackle some Electra on her birthday, um, and that will be next week. Are, okay, are, you talking the, are, you talking, are you talking the movie or the comics? The 2003 the comic, Ben Affleck one. We're going to cover the 2003 Ben Affleck movie, but the uh, comic Electra debut was in a couple a – couple, there's a there's a, there's an anniversary coming up. I'm trying to find out. Um, but, yeah, I, it was either that or cover Electra, and I don't think that we're anyone who wants to do that. So we're go- oh, we already covered Electra for which was worse. Um, it, it came out uh, January 1981, so she is – She's, 40? Uh, 40. 40. 40 years yep. old. 40 years old. She's a MILF. So we're going to be covering nice. the MILF Electra. <laughs> the MILF uh, of the MCU. Uh, next on the uh, on the Major Issues podcast. But my name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. I am Dan, the comic book man, my friends. And I'm Alex, a.k.a. B-Roke. And this has been our look back at the best and worst of all things comic books 2020. And remember... Whether or not you had a good year in 2020, whether or not you are ready to tackle all things 2021, remember that we're all here in this together. Remember that we got a brand new bright future ahead of us. Remember that we are the click and remember that you, yes, you are worthy. 